Ho, ho, ho! Time for two shorts. A Christmas Carol from 1971, directed by Richard Williams. An old bitter miser is given a chance for redemption when spirits visit him on Christmas Eve. And the second short is Santa Claus and the Magic Drum directed by Maury Kunis. Strange accidents start to happen in Santa's village when he receives a mysterious letter. So talk to ghosts and bang your drums. Let's listen to Big Trouble in Little Podcast. Hello, everybody. It is December 5th, uh, 2023. It is a Tuesday, 9.07 p.m., and it's episode 266 of Big Trouble Little Podcast. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Chaz. And I don't have Zach that contests the name-calling. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zach got run off the road during a rally stage, and now he's in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we wish him a speedy recovery. He'll be out uh, for a while, um, so you're gonna see us three. But we're still gonna include him in some things. Um, he wanted us to do like the Ultimate Warrior <laughs> thing, where he <laughs> he was like gone uh, because of a, a letter that he sent to Vince McMahon. But oh, for some reason, I was thinking it would be uh, he'd be lost in Cleveland or whatever. Oh, we should have oh, done that. Funny. Yeah, we should have yeah. videos. Should have shot some vignettes or something. Yeah. I mean, we can we can do it. We'll just head to Cleveland some weekend and say, "Hey guys, we finally found some reports." We'll just like go interview a bunch of hobos live. I'm like, do you know where Zach is? I'm like, you give me a dollar, I'll tell you where he is. <laughs> you give yeah. me a dollar, I'll tell you where Jesus is. I found. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. We are finally finishing uh, the Christmas uh, animated uh, holiday season uh, stuff that we're going on right now. And we're up to Andy's picks. Uh, he has two short. Uh, are they m- movies? I mean, one could be. No, it's shorts. I mean, one, yeah, sh- one of them is really just like a cartoon. It's like 25 minutes long. But yeah, the other one's a scary cartoon. Uh, we'll get into that. The scary uh, one's shorter. That's the short yeah. one. Yeah. Which which one's the scary one? Uh, we'll have to we'll have to see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I say I listen to both of them and watch both of them. I, I, huh? I'm confused. We'll, um, we'll see. I don't know. Normally we talk about stuff in the order it released in. I we can stick with that, I guess. But I kind of wanted to talk, talk about Christmas Carol second because I mean I don't want to like. Yeah, I kind of want to get into which. By the way. The movies that we're or the shorts that we're going to be talking about is a Christmas Carol, nineteen seventy one, and Santa and the Magic Drum, which is nineteen ninety six. So um, I guess we'll get into Santa and the Magic Drum. That's a Finnish Hungarian film? Yeah. Question mark. Okay. Yeah, it's. I. I mean, from what I understand, it's pretty much entirely Finnish. I don't know why Wikipedia says hyphen Hungarian. Maybe it was like animated there or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's supposed to be like it takes place 
in like a Finnish style. I mean, obviously it's supposed to be the North Pole, but everything looks Finnish. Um, it's originally in Finnish. It's been translated to Swedish and English. What what language you guys watch? I assume the Finnish. Yeah, I assumed I, it too. Okay, if you that's, if you followed the link I sent you, it was the Finnish one. Yeah, that, I ended, that's what I ended up watching because I couldn't find the English version. But no. funny enough, I found out that I guess the English version wasn't even made for the U.S. Like, I guess it works out that it's no, it's plenty of people. Day, yeah, yeah no, it was made for India. Oh, really? Yeah, it, like I yeah, it was I the BBC. Uh, IMDb's got some weird thing about. Uh, yeah, do you know what the English version? The English version was translated uh, for uh, mass production in India. Do you know what it was called? And I tried to look to see what the title of it was, and it's like, "Can you sign it IMDb and sign it for this?" I'm like, fuck that. So I don't know what it was called, but I know that's what why it was. So thanks for half of the the trivia. IMDb. When I was researching it, it said it's it's commonly known to be a bad version. So I don't think you missed out on much. Yeah, I mean, well, that's why I just conceded and watched the one you sent me. Um, man, I have some opinions. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do want to say uh, to the listeners, both both of today's, both of what we're discussing on this episode is free on YouTube. So if you're the kind of guy who likes to listen to something, even if you haven't seen it, hey, maybe give it a shot. I think when this episode drops, it's going to be Christmas Eve, right? Yeah, let me double check that. Keep talking now. Okay, yeah. I'm pretty sure it will be, but eh, that's like the best time. Like, you don't have work tomorrow. You're just sitting around. If you're enjoying time with your family, then by all means, it's way better than. I mean, you're already listening to this podcast, so clearly you don't have plans, right? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Eh, put, put on put on some weird Christmas cartoon. That's actually something I enjoy doing each year. As I look up uh, yeah, every Christmas year, inevitably Eve. people have illegally put up Christmas specials from the past on YouTube, and they get torn down after a couple of days. But you can always find what you. I want. I, I always want to watch the. Uh, Garfield Christmas special. I talked about that last year, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Christmas Eve, by the way, is when this episode will drop. Christmas Eve. Yeah, so it, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, I also want to <coughs> bring up in that link that you sent us for the uh, Santa and the Magic Drum. Apparently, there is a dubbed version, but it's so bad. Uh, apparently, the guy who, who uh, is Finnish and did the subtitles for uh, that 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 short mm-hmm. that, that, you know they didn't understand the language really well and they didn't put a lot of passion and charm into it so i thought mm-hmm. that was interesting i kind of want to look at it and see how bad it is no i i, I think i i would like this better because some of the stuff was translated like kind of you know it was kind of funny like it was it was interesting some of the some of the stuff in it. Gobbledy goobledy. Yeah, it's like some of the stuff the guy says, some of the stuff Rascal says is very strange. Rascal Rapscallion? My new favorite Christmas villain? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I got a little frustrated because I you, you figure out the twist pretty easily uh-huh. and you're still like frustrated because, you know, it's a children's cartoon ultimately. And yeah. so you're still angry at it for the same reason that it's like, oh, where's the clue? And you're yelling at blue on the screen. Stupid <laughs> dog. But uh, yeah. that being said, uh, the, the 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 vehicle that got us to the twist was still very strange. I guess there are there are northern warlocks that cast musical spells. It's a cross between a, a bard and a sorcerer, as far as I could tell. It's. Yeah, it got really D and D like uh, really <laughs> very very halfway through this short because uh, in the beginning I was like, oh, you know, 
Which, by the way, I thought was kind of mean because they're just like, what is this fucking kid asking for? And and, and it was like, it's really old, this letter. I'm, I'm like, wait, th- so they lost this letter, letter and now they're like trying to figure out what it is. And then, like, obviously, later on, they're just like, it's 50 years old. <laughs> this guy's, like, about, like, 50-something years old. 55. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then it got all weird and stuff. I, I, in my and opinion. And it got all weird? I thought it started weird. But... I think my favorite part is its whimsical portrayal of 1996 computer virus. <laughs> that was oh, like yeah, my that favorite was really part. funny. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, they got a bonsai buddy. What the what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid fucking paperclip. <laughs> and then the oh, computer man. like shot the lady too. With like, I don't know, fucking Hadouken. Yeah, like, that's that's off, that was bizarre. And it cut to yeah. black. Yeah. So she took a shotgun to the face. What just happened? <laughs> the, the movie is full of that kind of stuff. Um, I think that's that's the charm of it. Is I like watching. I've already talked more than once about why I like to watch um, Asian film. I love Japanese movies. I'm starting to really get into Korean film, but this is kind of the same thing. Is the stuff that would seem normal and quaint to them is outrageously strange to us. Wait, what? And like to them, it's just of course there's there's warlocks that cast spells with drums living in the frozen north. We've always known that. Yeah. Oh, not another one. Like what? Yes. Oh, another yeah. story about one of these guys. And we're like a story about what now? And I, and, <laughs> and I kind of, that's, that's the charm of it. And I kind of like that. Uh, like the North pole is like an actual community where people live and like kids are just going to see Santa Claus while he's like gearing up for the holidays and shit. So- I thought it was weird. They're all gnomes. They're not elves. They're gnomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a translation thing. I wondered that too, but I like it better. Yeah, because warlock is also like when I was looking up other stuff about it, like the information they use witch instead of warlock, they use elf instead of gnome. Uh, so I I bet it's like an interchangeable thing. Uh, but yeah, but I, this movie is kind of like a fungus. Like I was watching this and I was like, why? Like I then. All fairness, I watched Christmas Carol first, which we'll, I know we're going to talk about. But then I'm watching this after, and. When it first comes on, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'll get through this. I was watching such strange and bizarre stuff happens, and then the story starts to develop a little. Like you said, like it's the the twist is coming from a mile away, right? Like it's you, it's not a it's not anything that is gonna you know uh, blow your mind. But I don't know the the story was just so like nonsensical that it kind of had a charm that made me keep watching it. I just laughed at the really dumb stuff that happened. I was like, okay, well, this was entertaining. So I ended up like finishing the movie thinking, well, it wasn't so bad. But I don't know how much of that was just that when I started at my expectation was so low. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't I, know. Like when I first put it on, I thought, oh, shit, I chose like – a little, a little baby Christmas film. Like, <laughs> this, this isn't what we should be watching, but whatever. I'm in for it now. 
And yeah. yeah, you're right. Like at each turn, it it kind of becomes more interesting. Like I know it's it really is like something from like a you know a wee baby Christmas kind of thing. But I like that they take the picture to all the like the the head gnomes, the head elves, and they all interpret it to mean something like from their department. Eh, it's just funny. It's, it's oh, see, I saw it kind of like if someone sends me a, a clip of like a wrestling video and says, "Hey, check this match out," and it starts off, and I'm like, "Oh God, this is backyard wrestling," but then it ended up being like this really cool thing that happened like it's outrageous like a japanese wrestler fighting a, a bass in in the river but you, like the, the weird shit like that happens but it, it just ended up being something funny like so i i ended up enjoying it uh and it actually ended up having like a, a little bit of heart there at the end because the villain oh he just he didn't even want a present when he sent the letter 50 years ago I actually also love the the reason for coming to stir up trouble. He's like, well, I am a, a, a lapish warlock after all, so I've got to come stir up some trouble. Yeah, it's my business. I, I I've waited fifty years, so I, I need to come stir some trouble up and find out why you haven't answered me. Why'd you give me the cold shoulder? I and, really like they ask him what the pictures of. He says, "Oh, that's that's old rascal or a little rascal it's or me. whatever. That's me. It's, I'm having joy and giving presents. That's what I always wanted to do. I wanted to come help Santa Claus." Santa Claus is like, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Keep him the fuck away from the arts and crafts department." Jesus. Yeah, but he was a little kid, so. A little rascal was a train enthusiast. Uh, uh, what I actually liked was at the end, like whenever he fixes their cold, but then they give it to the cat. First off, hilarious! Fuck the cat. They're like, oh well, too bad the cat has the flu, but Santa Claus is better. <laughs> Yeah, that, that made me laugh. I was like, that flu's gonna kill that cat. <laughs> I was like, that cat's gonna die on Christmas, and those kids couldn't be happier. And then the cat got the hiccups for some reason. And then he's like, I'm gonna fix the hiccups, and they're like, no more spells. And he's like, ah, okay. So I get to see a whole series of, it's just, he's trying to make things better, so he does a spell, but he just fucks up something else by doing the spell. That's just like a whole, a whole TV show right there. Motherfucker put the northern lights in a fucking mason jar. Yeah, that's, <laughs> pretty, that's pretty cool. I actually, I was watching, uh, I, this is stupid, but I, I finished Dragon Ball recently and it was making me think about uh, the, the evil capture wave. Oh, you look at It's the same thing. They're just doing it to the northern lights. Do you, do you have the seal? Did you, for, oh, you forgot the seal. Still, still one of the dumbest but funniest things that happens in like a really serious Dragon Ball arc. Like no, very serious battle against like the whole show is no the electric jar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about that right now. Yeah, different thing, but but yeah, the um, music uh, was strange, right? Uh, the music was strange, but I really liked that. Uh, that like the the actual song from like a, a, a rock band, swing band, ska band, whatever it was. I actually really liked it. I thought it was really catchy. Oh yeah, the one that they play at the beginning and the end, but also like throughout the movie a couple times. Yeah, yes, yeah. I agree. Very catchy. Um, what threw me off too, you know, this is how I do things watching stuff, even when it's dubbed like this uh, or subbed. Uh, rather, I'm like doing other stuff, so I'm just like looking up, paying attention. But I like, you know, messing with cards or playing my Game Boy or something, and the music changes dramatically because it goes to that part where they're like, "Oh, the spooky kid," because he wants to scare his teacher. Oh, yeah, he wants a skeleton yeah. outfit. I was like, why the fuck did the music get so goddamn creepy? <laughs> yeah, they, like, took a huge swing into that for, like, two seconds and then went back to just the typical, like, background music. But uh, the music, like, was off-key a few times, but, like, in a, it was, like, intentional. It's dissonant. 
Yeah, dissonant. That's a good good word. Yeah. I don't know. It was very strange, but I, like you said, I kind of liked it, and I really liked the the song at the beginning. Like by, when I first heard it, it's actually what made me think, "Oh God, this movie is going to be a train wreck." And by the end of it, I was like, "I like this." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I had the same journey. Uh, yeah, it was weird. I w- I would have loved to have watched this on drugs. This would have been fantastic <laughs> to watch on fucking shrooms well, or it's acid free or something. On YouTube, so go for it. There, there you go. Yeah, not that I, I'm gonna be doing that anytime soon, but just saying, if if when in Rome, just watch Santa and the Magic Drum while you're on your recreational drugs. Dubs, you lo- famously hate animated stuff, so I imagine you more than any of us started this. It was like, fuck Andy, I'm sick of this stupid yeah, shit. Right? It, it was <laughs> in the beginning. I was like, why the fuck is this 50 minutes? Uh, <laughs> I, I, actually, I, I kind of did like two minutes in, watch it, and I was like, damn it, Andy. And then I thought for a second and laughed, and I was like, I can't wait to hear Dubs bitch about this movie. <laughs> that, that was that was the silver lining. I was like, well, Dubs is watching this too. So What's funny is like, I kind of appeared uh, as the warlock later on. That That's me. Like I was the, the rascal. I was like, hey, that's me. I had that like same persona. I'm like, I'm just fucking around over here. And I just love the whole trolling of it. Like, I actually, it, in the beginning, I was just like, blah. And I was like, this is fucking taking forever. Uh, I get it. Santa's being a dick, and he doesn't know what a fucking kid drew, and he's asking everybody. And some some guy, uh, I guess gnome or whatever, thought it was like some fucking night for some strange reason. And I'm like, are you retarded? How, how does that look like a person? Well, technically, if you think about it, he kind of was right. It was a person. It, it was, was a, a rascal. person. Yeah. yeah. So he was on the right track a little bit, but uh, yeah, the music I like. I did like the music that's in the beginning and the end and stuff. Um, the creepy music, yeah, threw me off like Chaz because I I was also eating food and I went to go look down at my Chinese food to get some General Tao and like you know put it in my mouth and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why, why did the why did the tone change so dramatically? Uh, but I also love kind of like the Finnish humor, like the whole fucking uh, Mega Man blaster virus computer <laughs> thing. Um, I was like, this is outrageously funny. <laughs> and I kind of want to see it, like what other things they've done that are kind of adultish if they did anything, which I have to search into. But I, I did like it. Um, it's still... When we get to ranking, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I did enjoy it eventually. Um, I mean, it sounds like we all had a similar journey. You start at, oh, what the fuck is this? And you end with, oh, that was, that was a charming and pleasant 50 minutes, I guess. Uh, Zach sent us his book report for it. He, he, um, oh, here it is. I had to scroll. Uh, Zach says, I did not expect to watch a finished Christmas cartoon from 1996, but here we are. The animation seems a bit dated, almost like something from the 80s, maybe, rather than the mid-90s, and the style seems familiar, but different at the same time. I can't quite put my finger on it. I think it's because it's made, like, in uh, Eastern Europe, maybe. It's just a guess. I have no idea. Um, Then he continues, I will admit to losing a little bit of interest in the first 25 minutes or so. They dragged their feet. I felt getting to the ultimate point of the plot. But when they started doing the song in the village square and we saw the finished gnome Keith Richards and ZZ Top Birds with that catchy Christmas rock shingle, I was back, especially when it was revealed that somebody had been messing with Santa the whole time. How can you harass Santa? It turned out the shaman or a lapish warlock 
question exclamation question mark was using his drum to cast spells i can say <laughs> that i did not see this coming either yeah no kidding it made me want to research it so i did and found out that the sammy sammy or sami uh shamanism belonged to an old tribe of people in northern europe called the <clears throat> sammy or sami uh either spelled with one or two a's who mostly inhabited Norway and Sweden, but a small number also live in Finland and other areas. Check it out! Anyways, I enjoyed the movie after the halfway mark. It's a pretty unique story slash cartoon for Christmas. So yeah, it sounds like we're kind of all in the same same ballpark as far as our feelings about that. Yeah. By the way, how is my mic now? By the way. Yeah, yeah that's better. That's better. Okay, cool. Okay, um, and then because it's so short, I chose two things. And the other one, I uh, this uh, there's a Christmas story. You guys might not have ever heard of it. It's very obscure. A Christmas Carol by a guy named Charles Dickens. I know that name's hilarious, but he's actually a famous writer. He's a okay, seriously though, it's great Christmas author. Carol. Yeah. Um, yes. I don't know how many versions of Christmas Carol there are. If you go on Wikipedia, there's like a you know adaptations of Christmas Carol, and I clicked it to open, and it's like several rows deep of like you know several 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 adaptations over the last century or so, and it's very it's very funny to think of. But um, I, we watched a Christmas Carol adaptation just last Christmas. We watched the Muppets one, which I think is still yeah. my favorite. Um, but this one was made in 1971. Uh, it's animated by I should have his name up. It's Richard something. Animated. Yeah, it's famously animated by, you're right. Richard Williams. Yes. Um, he apparently was an incredibly good animator and animated all kinds of stuff. I should wish I knew more about him. Uh, the only thing I knew about it is that it's produced by Chuck Jones of Looney Tunes fame. Hmm. Um, and then it's also uh, Alistair Sim as Scrooge is like the big draw because he was a pretty famous British actor. I guess he had also played Scrooge in a live action christmas carol in 1951 i found out but um i I was drawn to this because there's a weird story about how uh it they they made it it looks you know you can see there's a lot of care put into it and it's a little more like artistic leaning like they they do some weird stuff it has that strange biblically accurate gross of christmas past in it yeah (laughs) but um it was on television and people were like oh man this is this is freaking great this is really cool and the company that made it said oh if it's doing so well we're gonna put it into theaters and that'll make it eligible to get nominated for best short animated or best animated short at the oscars and so not only was that a good idea but it ended up being a great idea because it won and then a bunch of industry insiders pitched a fit they said this is a tv special it shouldn't be going up against movies that's not fair which is really stupid (laughs) the more i think Mm -hmm. about it the more frustrating i find that argument to be but after it won the academy changed its rules to say that if something is on television before it's in theaters it's ineligible for an oscar this is this is the movie that caused that rule that is a stupid rule because guess what if something if a tv special was better than what you put out in film then that's your fault I guess uh, when I was researching this, I found a link to that conversation back when streaming was like a way that things were getting into, like during COVID, mm. uh, stuff would come to streaming and then they would say, well, no, technically this isn't eligible for an Oscar, blah, blah, blah. But and they, they, they kind of just like, you know, 
brushed that away. I, I think it's a bit of an antiquated rule at this point. I don't even know if it's still in place, but I, I thought that was interesting and it made me think, oh, apparently this is a really good animated short. I should watch it. Uh, and then I did watch it and I actually really liked this. I thought this was really cool. I don't know if yeah. you guys liked it, hated it. You're in the middle. No, I, oh. I love I love it. Um, and just to answer Chaz's question before, but because he's like creepy question mark. Um, I love the creepy animated <laughs> stuff. Oh, yeah, there's, like, there's parts of this that are downright creepy. Yes. I oh know. yeah, I mean I was kind of joking. The, the, yeah. This is definitely the creepy one we were talking about. Um, it, I was alluding more to like the five seconds of, of creepy in the other one where it gets weird, but yeah, this one throughout is like uh, pretty creepy. I actually really like that this stays true to the the original source material too. Yeah. Like there are little nods that this movie. Uh, puts in it even though it is a short animated film that feature length films of the same story cut out the sneeze yeah. is the biggest thing yeah. that sticks out to me um it's a common thing like when this is done in renditions and uh playwrights uh is that that sneeze is a very important aspect of this because uh scrooge up until the point he changes scrooge is not a man worth blessing because he's so greedy that's the point and and they like do a great job with that and never explain it but it's there and it's it, you can just enjoy it it's refreshing i thought it was a very nice way to to go about that whereas so many other adaptations just uh, completely dodge or avoid that part yeah. of the Have story you read the source material for christmas carol no and that's my question because mm-hmm. at okay. the end i've always thought and that's because probably the uh, adaptations that we watch like you see scrooge he's like throwing money out of the fucking window and shit and like letting it know like I paid for this and all that stuff and then put fucking uh, little Timmy on his shoulders and had that whole God bless everyone and the stuff. We didn't get that in this short animated. Yeah, yeah it's he- weird. He just he waits until the day after Christmas to yell at Cratchit. Yeah. 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 yeah I've read you were asking about the source. So I've I've read it and then uh there is uh there are several adaptations of the playwright. But uh, when we were in high school, we did a rendition of it, and the theater coach that we had, or theater teacher, wanted to use one of the more original forms of the script that gets pretty dark. Like, they they really are, they really lean on that whole thing of you're going to regret a whole lot of things rather than, like, showing him the warmth of of all of it. I mean, it's there, too. They really play heavy-handed on the, yeah, you're fucking up, and your life's going to really suck, and you're going to hate it. And he's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. But, but yeah. I, uh, the, at the end of when he's with the ghost of Christmas <laughs> present and he's talking about, oh, this is mankind's, what is it? The two little malnourished, scary children. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. I, I forgot their names, but dude, dude. Is that from that... the book? I, I've never seen that before. Me yeah. Also, something else. I've never right? seen. I must have seen several versions of Christmas Carol. It'd be hard to name them all, but I've seen many, many versions and they aren't all, you know, Disney or the Muppets or something. Some of them are serious. Some of them are like the George C. Scott one or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, It had never occurred to me that when he's looking at the uh, Christmas future and they're like selling his stuff from his mansion, the guy, uh, like in the Muppets version, he says, oh, these blankets are still warm. It had never occurred to me that they had stolen that stuff right after he died. Because in this version, she's like, 
or you know, he says you took them off the bed with him still in it. It's oh my god, that is grim. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, oh, and she says bed. Uh, what she call them? Bed sheets, more like dead sheets, and they make a joke about it. Yeah, laughing it off. Really dark. That's really fucked up. Yeah, and that's that's again, that's from original material. Like and then it never it, occurred to me in all the other versions. Like I just thought, mm-hmm. oh, Scrooge is dead. Let's go ransack his house. Like during what after, mm-hmm. when he's being buried or whatever before the the state takes. Right, which I mean, it's kind of one of those things too. If you like read the like the rawest version or watched the rawest version of this story, uh, which I I would actually argue this might be one of the more raw versions of it, even though it's so short and it's animated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you didn't know that was going to be Scrooge, I mean, that's the thing is we all know the story, so yeah. it's easy. But in the the moment he's seeing it, he's like, "Oh, that's awful! They're doing that to these that man, that poor man." He doesn't know it's him, even if he's in like maybe denial and he, he kind of knows it might be him. He doesn't actually know. No, there's uh, most of them do play up the reveal with the, the headstone mm-hmm. because you think for a second, especially they do a really good job pacing it in this 25 minutes because you think for a second, Oh, it's tiny Tim's headstone. Mm-hmm. Cratchit's kid has died. That's so sad. And then it's revealed to be Scrooge and it's more poignant because it's, you know, it's, it's him. It's his future. That's yeah. It's he dies at the same time. And the, the other thing is to contrast that tiny Tim is missed because he's loved. And again, it is a child that's sick, but it but it just shows him the contrast of how alone he is, and it's because he projected other things to have money. Mm-hmm. Um, it also shows how cold. Like I've seen the other versions where the the person he was courting before she left him, uh, because she called him out. Like there are versions of that where it, there's a little bit more to linger on about, but this was just very quick to the point. You you love money more than me. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> she just peace the fuck out. Uh, I wish I could remember exactly how it is said. I'm sure it's straight from the book, but um, mm-hmm. I've I've seen you give up all the more nobler um, missions of man and turn only to greed and what like the, the stuff she says is all very well put together and very well voice acted. Is what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say. But I, 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 it's hard to talk about this too much because we're just recreating a lot of the same steps as any other Christmas Carol adaptation. I just wanted to I watch it because it's famously well animated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love and, the animation. Uh, Out of yeah. everything that we watched in uh, our group of movies, this is my favorite animation. Uh, one, because it's raw as shit. <laughs> like, to the point where I'm just like, holy fuck. That's There's like... parts of it, especially during Christmas feature, it looks like it's done with, like, charcoal or something. Like, the yeah. rat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also love how, like, uh, the spirit of uh, the, the future spirit uh christmas of future whatever um like he's at the headstone and scrooge is still kind of being like in denial and like he's like pointing at scrooge the whole time like no it's you it's you look, and yeah. yeah look you idiot <laughs> like without saying a word and then like scrooge like automatically like gets it and i i thought the reaction of that was awesome uh, not awesome for him if I'm in his point of view, but awesome as a viewer watching this being like, holy fuck, that was done really well. Uh, just the build up to it. You have 25 minutes. You think about all the adaptations that we watch. They go into like deep detail of like every scene possible. Like uh, obviously with the Muppets, we had all those musical numbers and stuff. So that's mm-hmm. why it was a little bit longer. Sure. Uh, but with with 25 minutes, 
even though it was doing a quick pace, it still felt pretty long and had me on the edge of my seat, even though I knew the story. Well, not technically the whole story, because at the end I was like, I don't remember this shit. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I like I, that. Um, honestly, I think at first I was a little jarred by how quick it was going. And I understand it's a short, but they, they hit a bunch of plot points really quick. And then the thing that like shocked me into being like locked in and paying attention was the design of Jacob Marley is uh, terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when he turns up, I was like, oh, here comes the ghost, whatever. You know, I'm used to stupid bullshit like, you know, Walter and Staldorf or whatever. And uh, <laughs> it's this terrifying corpse and like the, the, the bandana that's holding his skull together snaps off and his jaw drops all the way open. And he just points at Scrooge and like, speaks in an otherworldly voice without using his jaw it's terrifying <laughs> yeah uh the past spirit was like freaky too like she was a woman and like she was deadpanned on how she talked mm-hmm. it, it just freaked me out a little bit too uh like present uh, like the only thing that freaked me out was the children under his robe which uh weird but anyway mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then he reminds him he he drives it in again because at the beginning, when they're looking at all the, oh maybe he'd better just die and decrease the surplus population. And Scrooge is like oh fuck I said that I feel like shit, and then at the end he says it again. It's like oh god damn it I feel even worse now. Like it's just kind of fucked up, but it's very effective. Like it makes sense. It's it's one of the most famous lines I think in that novella. Right? Is I don't mm-hmm. think maybe they just better just die and you know, decrease the surplus. There aren't there poor houses and work houses or whatever yeah yeah he's like oh yeah what what about the prisons what about the the union workhouses that's that's something that's really important about this take is that there is so much prose that is directly taken from either the book or from uh initial playwrights of the story rather than them coming up with their own way of saying it which isn't necessarily a bad thing either it's just like you know the story's been redone and modernized several times over to match what you know, a modern audience would take, but this doesn't do that. This uses effectively the material that you would hear if you would have, you know, seen it played out, you know, in the early 1900s or, um, or actually just read the book. Right. So I don't know. I think it's, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I guess as much as you can enjoy a Christmas Carol, I guess sure. again, right. That's the thing is it is the same story, but it's still really good. That's kind of why you got to like enjoy the animation for what it is. Mm-hmm. I got a question to you guys. What do you prefer more? Now, I understand, like, if you have kids and stuff, so you want to have the kind of like a more of a happy ending, kind of like what we see in most of adaptations is where Scrooge will, you know, make it kind of known that he's like happily and, you know, Merry Christmas and all that. And he goes to see his nephew, but that's not the main thing. He goes to see little Timmy at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we never got that in this film like he buys the turkey right but he says make it anonymous he says right? it anonymously yeah yeah and he never really goes to see little timmy uh and he well goes... they do say in the wrap-up he became as good as a second father to him or something like that and tiny okay. tim who did not die blah 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 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it gets it gets your happy ending i think a lot of that has to do with their time constraint yeah, like I think yeah. if this movie were given, this film were given fifteen more minutes, they probably would have played that part out because that ending conclusion is so satisfying mm-hmm. for because he has such a change of heart. Um, I guess what you're going with is like, do you prefer this versus 
the other other renditions. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the the problem is like this is a very I would say this holds up against any other version that I've seen, but Muppets Christmas Carol and Mickey's Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol to me are going to hold up a little higher more because nostalgia is a hell of a drug, but uh, yeah, it needs to be a spectacle. And that's something that like, you know, this is, this is a very far adaptation of it, but it's still an adaptation of it. Like Scrooge, Mm -hmm. like the end of that movie is a spectacle. Mm. Like everything's together and it all comes to a head and he has a realization and he tells the world his revelation. Like that's why it's so big. And then, you know, it's kind of the same thing in, in the Muppets adaptation. Every, the whole cast comes together. Scrooge goes and gets, his nephew and his and his nephew's wife Clara and, and goes and gets all the other people and the boy who buys the turkey and brings them to the Cratchits. It's a spectacle. Everyone's there, and that's something. This version, it's just kind of like he just shouts at him on December the twenty sixth, and it's like, "Well, gotcha. I'm going to raise your uh, salary." <laughs> and then credits, yeah. like, "Oh, okay, all right." <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I always think of is in the in the Mickey version. Scrooge McDuck goes and yell, and he gets all angry and yells at them, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh no!" And he, he's really mean to them for a second, and then he's like, "Oh no, I'm kidding!" And he's like giving money away, and he's all happy with a Scottish accent, and it's that's that's what I always think of. And like, I think you like a Scrooge, you know, you got Huey, Dewey, and Louie running around. I I always think of that, mm-hmm. uh, but again, it's just that's more nostalgia than anything. But no, I I think this is definitely, especially for an animated version of the story, this is a fantastic rendition. Yeah. And wasn't there an animated one or a CGI one with Jim Carrey as Scrooge? Yeah, there's a CGI one. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I've never it. seen it. Yeah, me neither. I think it Boy. came out after Polar Express, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna do the same thing, but different." And then it didn't do as well, or something. I don't know. I gotta check it out. I'll, maybe that will be my uh, experiment during this Christmas time there watching that. Um. I mean, I don't have anything else to say because obviously we're, we're we're treading through you know plot that's been told a thousand times and everybody knows about of already. Uh, but I will say, um, out of the two, in a Christmas Carol, I liked a little bit more uh, yeah, compared to I. the Santa 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 and the Magic Drum. Um, I guess we we didn't say recommend or not recommend last time, so I'm I'm just gonna put them both together. I recommend both. Um, you know, Santa and the Magic Drum, I thought was a little bit long, but it's satisfying no matter what. When we... no, it it's I definitely recommend for kind of what it's for. It's for like you know, it's it's the evening. It's cold as heck outside. You're not going anywhere. You got eggnog, and you you know just watch this. Oh. It's it's yeah, as good as anything. That's the perfect way to put it. These are these are both great eggnog movies. There you drink go. Your, drink your your eggnog. We almost forgot Zach's, so I'll... uh, Here, yeah, go ahead and jump in I'll do it. Uh, Zach says, very unique animation for the time. Everything seemed like it was done more with colored pencils rather than traditional uh, cell-slash-paint animation. At times, certain frames actually did look uh, more like kind of a medium of paint. Uh, One of the spots during the Ghost of Christmas... uh, the ghost of Christmas of Christmas future. Yeah. Typo. Yeah. Where some of the servants or whoever they were, uh, hawking off some of Scrooge's curtains and stuff and laughing that straight up <laughs> like Francisco Goya painting. <laughs> okay. Uh, and man mocked by two women, uh, he's, he's, he said about Francisco Goya is one of his favorite art- artists. 
the rest of the movie was fine. It was that the production's take on A Christmas Carol, and I felt they did it justice. It was like a trippy early 70s kind of take, which I agree with that. Especially enjoyed the way of Ghosts of Christmas Past was portrayed, but was disappointed of Ghosts of Christmas Future wasn't anywhere near as spooky as he could have been yeah. uh, shown in this style, in my opinion. I would quickly recommend other versions of the story, probably over this one, though. Wow, he had a different take on that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, I agree with him entirely. The Ghost of Christmas Future is just like, as usual, it just kind of looks like a Grim Reaper, or just kind of like a guy in a black cloak, which I understand is the tried and tested method. But when the Ghost of Christmas Past looks so like insane, you know, well, you know, why not jazz it up a bit? Mm. I thought they all serve their purpose and i think you know obviously when you're showing death you're always going to do a grim reaper i mean terry pratchett i I think out of every uh version of grim reaper i think terry pratchett does death really well so if you've never read a terry pratchett uh book check it out (laughs) so uh i think he's unique but they always have that grim reaper look to it so i mean i don't I mean, I kind of agree with Zach a little bit, but I kind of don't. I don't think there is any other way that you could do it that's Mm. unique. All Uh, right. Well, now we got to rank them. Let's let's do it. Let's go. All right. So I'll read Zach's uh, since he did his. And I think we were almost. What's up? If if you want, I can can just double down because Zach and I have the same ranking. All right. go. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So number five, we both have the Polar Express. I'll I'll honor Zach. Uh, Zach gives his ratings, of course. So his numerical rating was five point four out of ten uh, for that. Uh, number four, we both have Santa Claus and the Magic Drum. Zach's rating for that was a six out of ten. Uh, number three, Christmas Carol, uh, six point three out of ten. Uh, number two, Eight Crazy Nights at six point four out of ten. And number one, Tokyo Godfathers, uh, eight out of ten. Yes, that makes sense. Uh, mine is similar but different. Polar Express at five, Santa Claus and the Magic Drum at four. Really, the two of those I could flop depending on my mood. Uh, Eight Crazy Nights at three. Uh, I really liked the animation in Christmas Carol, so I put it at two. Tokyo Godfathers, though, is like a far and distant first. So I'll, I'll say mine and then I'll. You know, I'll be pretty flexible if we have to make a decision on based on where I put things. At number five, I put Santa Claus and the Magic Drum. The reason why I put that at number five is because literally the time and stuff. Um, and then after we talked about it, I have things, that, you know, change. It might be number four, uh, but I'm still going to stick to my guns no matter what. I put number four, the Polar Express. Number three, I put a Christmas Carol. Number two, I put eight crazy nights. Two and three, I could change. Uh, again, after talking uh, in today's episode, I have different feelings than what I wrote literally 20, uh, 45 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and number one, I have Tokyo Godfathers because I think that story and animation I like a lot. I think the plot stands up compared to everything that we watch, and the animation is top notch as well. So, 
there's there's one thing I wanted to say about Tokyo Godfathers because obviously we're not going to have a long conversation about Tokyo Godfathers. We all put it at number one. It goes at number one. But I've been kicking myself for two weeks for not bringing a little inside baseball. We had to delay a week. Um, I'm kicking myself for two weeks that I didn't bring up the fact that it's a adaptation. A lot of people don't know that, but it's technically an adaptation of a Western movie called Three Godfathers, starring uh, John Wayne and uh, two other losers. But basically, they just find a child, and they just need to get it to where it needs to be in the Old West. And this Mm. is inspired loosely by that story. So it's not like the same, but it's just it's interesting to me that it's an adaptation. I didn't bring it up, even though I knew it. And then, like, right after we recorded, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I should have said that. But uh, here we are. Yeah, that's pretty cool. (laughs) So, I guess... I'll do a number five, well, you know, top and, and bottom. Um, Zach, you know, I, Chaz, I'll, I'll, okay. I can cut to the chase on this one. Um, I kind of want to know, uh, you guys, I think all, yeah, everyone's got eight crazy nights at two. I just want to hear, uh, kind of why, like, why, why is it number two? Why is it the second best? Is it a solid two or is it a distant two or what's going on with that one? Well, my like I said before, mine I think has changed um, because I fucking put Christmas Carol. I put him over like hell. Uh, and now that I think about it, Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah, I had a fun time watching it, and you know, it's a technical foul and all that. <laughs> it, it's catchy. Uh, it's Adam Sandler, but like, am I gonna watch it again? Like, I I actually am thinking about having Christmas Carol 1971 to be in a rotation because I enjoyed the animation a lot, even though I've seen that story a thousand times. And even though eight crazy nights, is its own story written by Adam Sandler and other writers. I, I, I truly think a Christmas Carol needs to be at number two compared to eight crazy nights, but that's just me. Chaz, do you want to defend eight crazy nights? Oh yeah. I mean, one it's mine's biased. Cause I, loved this movie when I was younger. Um, and even watching it now, like I had a lot of nostalgia for it. And I think it still has a lot of heart and has a good story, despite all the really dumb stuff that's in it. Um, that's just an Adam Sandler film, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing for me too is like, I watched Christmas Carol, but Christmas Carol was also this like 30 minute, now I said like the Oscars or the Academy mm-hmm. Awards. This is a TV special. It doesn't compare. But um, it, it was really cool to watch, but like when I, if I looked and stacked up the other versions of Christmas Carol, I mean there are several other ones I'm going to watch over this one. But it's neat if that I could watch it. any of them. They would be number two, a hundred percent for me. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And I guess that's it comes back to what you were asking before. Like Tokyo Godfather's is head and shoulders above these other films. Like it, there, it's in a different tier of its own. Um, and then from there, Eight Crazy Nights and Christmas Carol are pretty close to one another. And then further below that are Santa Claus and uh, the Magic Drum and Polar Express, which I haven't like. So to me, I I could flip one way or the other. Um, if we went strictly from what just the numbers go, I mean, three of us have Eight Crazy Nights above it, but the, again, it's that's a very loose thing. No, that's, I, that's kind of what I was getting at. I was gonna say you guys take Eight Crazy Nights and put it at two, if for no other reason than yeah, as the Academy would say, well, this is a proper movie. And Christmas Carol is a 
25 minute animation from television like mm-hmm. I, if for no other reason than that i guess i ranked mine based on what i'm more likely to watch again next christmas that was my thesis statement so tokyo godfather's okay. gonna watch that all the time oh i'm uh, gonna watch that every christmas now yeah, yeah. Chris, christmas carol i can really see myself that i'm gonna add that to my stupid i got like a rotation of old christmas specials i watch on youtube and i'm like wrapping presents or whatever it's going right in there i'm gonna i'm gonna watch that again at some point i don't know if i'll be in a rush to do it but i'm definitely gonna watch again and uh eight crazy nights is like it's a fun enough movie i could see myself sitting down to watch it if it was on and then the other two i don't really see myself watching santa claus and the magic drum is neat i'm glad i've seen it i like to have a conversation with you guys about it but I don't know that it holds a lot of repeated viewing value for me. And then like Polar mm-hmm. Express is the kind of thing I'll watch it with a child, but I'm not going to watch it for myself. Yeah. Yep. I think you nailed those for me. Um, I would say that was kind of how I ranked my two, which one am I most likely to revisit? And again, the bias was more just because I of the nostalgia of when I, I was younger. I, I'm more likely to watch a crazy nights than I am this specific version of a Christmas Carol. Some of that also has to do with like, a lot of these movies I'm going to end up watching with my family, not just by myself. And if I watch a Christmas Carol, I, there's a good chance I'm going to watch Muppet Christmas Carol or Mickey Christmas Carol yeah, first. Of course. So I think I'm, by that nature of it, it's less likely to be watched again, but that doesn't take away from it. It's still a good movie. Yeah. Um, basically you guys take eight crazy nights. You can have two, but uh, I did want to make it a little bit more of an impassioned uh, defense for putting magic drum at four over polar express. Um, it's just, it's more creative. I hate to say that because Polar Express has millions of dollars in it and it has all that technology and it's based on a beloved children's book apparently, but a Santa Claus and the Magic Drum is just so interesting to watch. And it actually got me several times with like, oh, that's that's fucking weird. But, um, Polar Express tries to do that. It sets out to be whimsical and weird and oh, look at all that crazy technological christmas bullshit but i feel like it always falls short and then a stupid finnish hungarian animated film from the 90s outdoes it it's just i don't yeah. know i i, I really i, I really want to, that i don't think you have to argue that one the one that needs to be argued is why dubs would want it at five and have polar express at four no just put santa claus and the magic drum at four and to be honest like the movies on this list that i am least likely to watch again um like personally to go out of my way to watch is, is polar express the only reason i'm watching polar express is because my child wanted to watch it and i'm gonna find anything else to do while it's on it's fine <laughs> but that's exactly what i was saying like if 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 my niece wanted to watch it i'd be like all right i guess we're watching this yeah I mean, oh. i'll play on my phone <laughs> exactly right <laughs> i mean i i concede i mean <laughs> There's... There you go. That was that was a nice a nice civil Christmas discussion. And now Look at that. Um, Zach and I got things right. We did it. By all means, everyone else, I really want to hear um what are your favorite animated Christmas movies? Because I thought we talked about this on the very first episode. I thought there were dozens and dozens of them. And it turns out there's really not. There's dozens and dozens of TV, TV specials. specials. Exactly yeah. right. And I just I, I'm stupid. I'm just dumb. No, Maybe it's going to come in and say, oh, you guys slept on the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol or something like that. Maybe, but no, I, I mean, I haven't heard anything about that that made me think, oh, which I, I'd be interested enough to go back and watch it to see, sure. but 
instantly when I think of animated Chris, if I have to think of full animated Christmas movies, the two movies that are going to jump out for me are Mickey's A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Uh, that's probably number one, and then Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, yeah. which I still urge you guys to watch. It's still a really good movie. It's it, it's an anthology of I've seen stories. It. It was just, it's been like twenty years. But I've seen yeah, it. but it's is it, isn't that the one where Mickey and Minnie like they're poor and shit and they like. Yeah, gift of the magi. Yeah, gift yeah. of the magi is one of the stories. In it. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I. That's the one. That's the one I thought about picking. Um, uh, but I also wanted to see the Polar Express because I was intrigued. Uh, sure. Because I, because uh, I uh, actually read the the book. Mm. I mean, yeah. as usual, your choice is not a reflection on you as a person. It's just here we are for the show. Again, the yeah. things I chose, uh, I'd never seen before. So, <laughs> sure, yeah. I I've watched a bunch of like stop motion stuff like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and all that stuff. So. Yeah, that's the, that's the stuff. one thing we guys yeah. we all messed up on is someone should have chose a Rankin and Bass Christmas special. But yeah, well, no, no, I, well, when we mentioned it initially, that's instantly what I jumped to. But then I realized after we like started to look it up, well, all these are TV specials that are thirty to forty minutes long. I had the same revelation. It's instantly what I think of: this Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the Jack Santa Frost series, Santa Claus yeah. is coming to town. Like that's what I think of. Um, shout out to a weird one. It's a hot take. Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas. If, if for any <laughs> any reason other than just watching it because it's a terrible short uh, little movie. It's I is mean it it's a good the, bad one. The show is it based? It, it, they they did their own Christmas special, but it's the TV show. Like it's the right. same premise. I remember as, watching that TV show as a kid. Yeah, but that's where the song "Christmas Don't Be Late" comes from, which is an awesome Christmas song. Huh? Yeah. So, so you have to check that out. But uh, yeah, and then of course, like Charlie Brown Christmas. You mentioned Garfield Christmas. Uh, I love it. Yeah. So those are all great things to watch, and I do the same thing. We get together and put a bunch of these on in a row and wrap presents. That's what we do. So. It's a great thing to do. Um, just know someone doesn't say it in the comments because you guys forgot it. Yeah, the Grinch is still Christmas. Yeah, it's in there too. There, we did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to uh, re-say the full list, our finalists. Number five is the Polar Express. Number four is Santa Claus and the Magic Drum. Number three is A Christmas Carol, 1971. Number two is Eight Crazy Nights. Get your technical file. And number one, uh, Tokyo Godfathers. So that is the list uh and uh we'll uh what what's next usually in january we do twilight zone uh and what we're going to be doing is there's going to be two episodes me and andy are going to pick our two uh we don't know what it's going to be so literally when you watch the or listen to the episode you'll see the title make sure you watch the the show the episodes and then listen to our episode and then uh you know we'll we'll talk about it there so i'm i'm always happy when we do twilight zone that's one of my favorite uh shows of all time uh and we have a big list that we still have to get through we have to get through the the old school twilight zone and then the new, uh, new schoolish in the '80s and in the '90s, and yeah, then someone, someone needs to break out, and we need to choose one from the '80s, the 2000s, or the 2010s. Or uh, we have agreed. This is a fair warning to all the listeners. We have agreed that uh, Outer Limits is on the table as well. So yes, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, that that's always going to be a tradition when we do January. Uh, so, uh, by the way, 
if this is where you stop to listen, by the way, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, and a Happy New Year uh, when we do see you. Uh, but usually what happens is we go into host credit scene, and usually we have an ad, which I will do an ad right now. And... Wrestling nerds, wrestling weebs, wrestling fans. If you're looking for a different kind of podcast, one that goes over actual big wrestling news, I mean real stories, not somebody getting divorced or baseless rumors or whatnot, and get some color, we got that. We also do reviews of wrestling from the past, but sometimes we also do wrestling from the modern day too, if it's something that interests us at the time. Other than that, I would say the main attraction is just three guys who have been lifelong wrestling fans doing what wrestling fans do. Cutting up, cracking jokes, and just enjoying the entertainment wrestling can provide. However that comes. If you want to catch Getting Some Color, you can catch it bi-weekly on Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern. Usually. Usually. Which, by the way, that will be on a kind of a hiatus. We've been talking about me and Chaz might do WrestleMania 2000. Uh, in January, because that has an outrageous card and an outrageous fatal four-way match main event. Because um, <laughs> there's a there's a McMahon in every quarter, uh, and also there's a cat fight, which Val Venus is the special guest referee. But choppy, choppy! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But anyway, I guess I'll go first. Been um, playing my. Analog pocket, yeah, pocket yeah. squad. Woo! Yeah. You, for those listening, haha! You can't see it because we're so cool with our our analog pockets. Yeah, I've Everyone's been playing. P- There's no video component anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> except the the exclusive members, the train enthusiasts, um, locomotive enthusiasts. That's that's our highest Patreon tier. That's the name of it, locomotive enthusiasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's wonderful oh we need to make that a thing yeah i've been playing pokemon uh yellow i only got my first badge so far um man it's it's bringing back so much memories of uh fucking pokemon yeah i remember like after playing red and blue and then like after watching like the tv show and stuff i'm like i want pikachu to be with me and then they then they finally made yellow where your you know your first Pokemon is Pikachu that doesn't want to go in the Pokeball, and I I always thought that was like as a kid I was like that's fucking wild. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why I found that wild at all. They remade the entire game to accommodate anime fans, like yeah. yeah. But also they they definitely did it begrudgingly, and that's why they made it one of the hardest Pokemon titles ever made. It's not the hardest, but it is definitely one of the hardest. Pokemon uh, Yellow has one of the coolest like metas, like how it got made, why it got made, what was going on when it came out, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. fuck that game. If Jesus, trying to get through that first badge, like as a kid and not realizing yeah. you have to catch a Pidgeotto, which is like a rare encounter or you have to uh to raise a caterpie to get the butterfree that can learn a move that isn't alternatively so that's what i did (laughs) yeah so that was kind of the point they make you do what ash did to beat him although what's funny is in the animated series pikachu does beat onyx pikachu Pikachu actually he thunder shocks him because it's instantly bullshit i can't tell you how mad i was as an 11 year old kid like that didn't happen that can't happen ash is stupid um (laughs) but uh 
yeah, I remember actually the first time I did the hard nose thing, and I had like a level like twenty one Pikachu or something like that. And level twenty, you weren't slam, which has like a seventy something hit rate, but you also get like double team and you have tail whip. Um, if I remember, let's see how nerdy I am. Because you start with thunder shock and growl. Six, you learn tail whip. Eight, you get thunder wave. Eleven, you get quick attack. Fifteen, you get double team. Twenty, you get slam. Is that sound about right? Sounds Everybody's right, still right, following yeah. me. God, I, God damn, I'm a locomotive enthusiast. Uh, so, yeah, I grinded to that. And basically my entire premise to beat the rock Pokemon was a double team until they couldn't hit me and just use potions to heal. And then uh, just quick attack and slam through. And it took a couple tries, but it eventually worked. And then the game became a joke after that because I my Pikachu was way too fucking yeah, fucked. Way, you, I mean, Pikachu, yeah, I just beat everything. Misty, I'm sure. like, oh yeah, I just creamed the rest of the fucking game. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, uh, the way you're supposed to do that and not spend like you know eight hours grinding with Pikachu and the Viridian Forest is to catch the the Caterpie and make it a Butterfree. But you know whatever, eleven year old me was stubborn. Yeah, <laughs> I did that. Uh, I also have been playing with my Steam Deck because I've been like handheld mania uh, all of a sudden. Windjammers 2 I played on my fucking Steam oh, Deck. Hell yeah, that game yeah. owns. Yeah, I love Windjammers. Uh, so I played that. I also played with my friends a game called Lethal Company. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been seeing any videos or streams about that. So it's a four-player co-op game that you play with your friends you are on this corporate cargo ship going to different planets and getting items on these planets now the items are just fucking hilarious because it's either going to get like bottles uh you get these big gears you get these radiation coils uh there's also pickles <laughs> that you get in there um and other range of stuff that you can get as well there's like a a clown honking uh, horn thing that you can get on there uh and when you're on these planets when you go into these corridors there's monsters there's either like a, a worm thing that attaches to your head and eats you there's a spider uh there's this monster with a big mouth i don't know what the fuck to call it uh and you gotta there's a quota that you have to get with this company you got three days and there's a certain quota amount of money that you have to get from these items. Uh, and when you go into the planets, you make sure that you get everything in the daytime. Because when you go in the nighttime, there's monsters that are out on the outside of your ship. And when you're bringing cargo to your ship, uh, you have to deal with quicksand. You have to deal with uh, giants. You have to deal with uh, do dogs, dinosaurs, and all that stuff. And it's just hilarious because we, we modded the game. So we have like uh, proximity chat because proximity chat's not on there. You have to talk like on the radio and stuff. Uh, it's all There's also other things like you could str strategize. You could have one person on the ship because they could look at your uh, map. There's like a little uh, GPS thing and you could show them where the items are and where the monsters are. Um it's just it's it's fun like we we played for a couple hours and we were just having a blast uh i recommend you guys watch it on youtube there's some streamers and and content creators that are hilarious and stuff um movie wise i watched oppenheimer for the first time hell yeah and, and i liked it 
I loved it. I think uh, it's one of Nolan's masterpiece, I think, um, out of everything he did. Now, it's a biopic, but I think it's done right. I think I think they do the message well. It's like you, you see what happened to Oppenheimer when he, you know, because he was obsessed about creating the, you know, this bomb. And then after using the bomb, it kind of like finally fucking hit him. He was just like, I killed people, actual people. And then seeing how the government kind of like fucks him is kind of eye-opening as well. Uh, it, it was it's a three-hour movie, but it doesn't feel three hours. It it feels shorter, but I really liked it. Um, I I don't know if this is a spoiler, but like the whole like I become death, like he's banging that chick, and he says I I become death and all that stuff, and I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that's a that's a very weird place for that to be, but all right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I watched that, and then I finally finished the documentary with Eve Online, and that that documentary goes hard, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so cool. Like I understand being like, oh man, I want to play this, but as it goes on, you realize the layers and layers and layers of time that would mm. be required to play it. And it's like I no longer want to play this. However, I'm more interested than ever about it. Like this, the documentary is just so interesting. Highly recommend it to everyone for me. Yeah, it, it's funny because after I watched that documentary, I've been following this like uh, game developer streamer guy named Pirate Studios. He's like all over YouTube. He used to be like a, a Blizzard de- uh, dev who worked on World, World of Warcraft and then he left Blizzard because obviously Blizzard is shit. Um, but he uh, talked about playing EVE Online and he was like part of one of these like pirate factions that like used to stay by you know you know the stargates that people used to go through and and pirates would wait until oh, like people in, would in come. low sec or whatever yeah, yeah yeah they he would he would wait and like rob these people and shit mm-hmm. uh apparently the devs because it, at, at a certain point the devs got pissed off at all these pirates uh to the point where it was like a civil war between devs and and pirates and stuff and uh they he, they changed something in the game and he's like <laughs> he, he like negotiated with the devs you better change this back or we're gonna set this fucking star system on fire <laughs> so so he said that they didn't they didn't budge so he set the fucking place on fire and and sold all his money and all his ships and stuff and said fuck this game <laughs> so i thought it was like a pretty hilarious thing uh that after i watched that documentary like eve online got brought up uh, yeah, I would never get in that game because it's probably it's probably out of its prime at this point. Um, oh, it's way to... past. It's way past its prime, but yeah. man, it's it sounds fascinating. They keep I trying to talk endlessly yeah. about like he play. He used to play it, and he used to go on like these like long explanations of just how in depth. Like, I mean, I couldn't tell you anything he said. Right? Like, it's just it's so insanely multifaceted, but. Um, more and more you guys have talked about it. I want to watch it just if anything, like to be like you sit and watch like a history That's exactly channel documentary. Yeah. yeah, I just want to see it. Like that that is so cool. I mean it's just like watching a documentary about like the Battle of Bulge or something like that. It's just it has the same kind of like pacing and tone, but it's very interesting. And it's all the stuff that you know nothing about. I was fascinated. I was trying to remember the name of it. I was fascinated by the story of the very first dreadnought 
and how like there was probably a leak and that's how it got attacked while the owner was offline and they uh they immortalized the husk of it it's there to this day you can go see the original dreadnought still floating dead <laughs> in space that that kind of stuff's just so cool i really like that <laughs> Also, yeah. um, I, I, it hadn't occurred to me that Dust, whatever it's called, 419, had actually come out. I thought it had been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's another thing that I found out about. Like, how this game got, like, built was interesting in it, in itself, where it was just, like, it, it, it went through so much hoops, and, you, and what it used to be, then what it was now is just, it's so outrageous and stuff to me. Uh, and all, hearing like all those stories, like it, it's documented, like Andy said, like a war documentary. Uh, but instead of just saying like the Germans and and the Americans, it's like oh, Death Coil six nine nine wanted to bomb this sector, <laughs> and they would use like gamer tags and stuff. And it's so uh, interesting how the villains can become what you're like rooting for. Like I find myself like rooting for factions in this documentary. Yeah. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, get these, uh, get these lull tards off of there. They're ruining the game. And then later, like they're the ones standing up for like changes from the devs. And it's well, now I don't know what to believe. <laughs> yeah. I also thought like, again, this is what happens in like every game where money's involved, especially, when it deals with ships, I I just thought it was funny. Like people were <laughs> buying factories, which like made the ships and stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're doing like real estate stuff. Be like, yeah. Oh, I'll give you this factory, but you have to pay me this certain amount of money for it. It was, it was a, uh, it was real estate speculation. That's exactly yeah. what that is. Yeah. Yeah. So just when the game came out, they bought them up and a bunch of them just idled them because they were speculating on real estate. That's, there's no other way to put it. <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> it, it got to the point where I think one of the stories was because it was getting out of control where people were hoarding the factories to the point where they were just like, all right, we'll unban you, but you have to like sell the factory. <laughs> and they had like the devs were like negotiating with these people to like get rid of stuff in order to unban, mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was pretty interesting so yeah chaz check that check it out it's it's a long six hours don't but it just, yeah yeah oh that sounds like, like a thing sections. i'll just binge watch all and I'll, I'll probably watch it all in one go that's all right at least in two massive chunks that's how i do things uh but yeah I, actually i was thinking that might be my thing like that might be my eggnog thing it's weird enough because <laughs> i'm gonna watch plenty of christmas movies i have our usual rotation and then i've got the kid we're, we're gonna watch a ton of stuff so when i get my my time to be alone um appear like sipping on whiskey or something i was like oh yeah i'll put that on that sounds good there you go that kind of makes me a little jealous of like people who like live a little bit north where there's cold and just sitting by the fireplace or by the heat and stuff and having some hot cocoa or eggnog and just listening to like <laughs> fucking gamer drama <laughs> bullshit like the, like this hey listen that you guys i don't know if you've ever had it before though there's a uh I want to say it's it's a Puerto Rican uh, uh, dish. Conquito. Conquito, um, yeah, with the pistachio. Yeah, yeah, I think it. Yep. It is fucking delicious. Uh, yeah, when I visited my uh, in-laws, 
uh, I guess a few years back, we went to visit, and it was it was either just before Christmas or just after when we were down there. But or rather, they came up here. That's what it was. They came up here for Christmas. It was prior to COVID, and they came up to see us, and they brought some conquito, and it is fantastic. And I have not had it since, and um, that's really a shame. Because it is mm. delicious, I actually prefer it over eggnog. So, see, it's it's a uh, the grass is always greener, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I have that. eggnog, and I love eggnog. So I'm doing. Oh, that. yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Eggnog is good. I, I do like eggnog. So, thinking right. about who's making it, some this year, but I haven't decided. Who's next? Because I'm done with mine. I'm going. I'm taking it. Okay. Um, I was still playing Assassin's Creed Three. I got. I finally, after a long string of like. Victory after victory, I decided I'm taking a little gaming break, and I've been watching a lot of stuff. That's how I finished all 154, three episodes of Dragon Ball. Um, Towards the end, it got even better. Like I wasn't, I was, you know, doing something with Dragon Ball on, but I started actually just really watching it because there are episodes toward the end of that series I've never seen before. I came to realize just because I missed them when they were on television, and every time I restarted the series, I would get board around the second world martial arts tournament so it, it was exciting to see some stuff that i think i've never seen before if i did i just forgot about it um and then after that i hemmed and hawed for a while i didn't know if i was gonna watch dragon ball z if i was gonna watch kai or if i was gonna do something different i started watching dead zone the movie thinking like oh maybe i'll do this and then i watched some of it but i got bored and turned it off and then I decided, finally, I'm just going to watch Kai. I've never watched Dragon Ball Z Kai. Let's check it out. Uh, it's not bad. I, I hear a lot of people complain about it. It's fine. I like two-thirds of the changes they made, I think. I guess is where'd the you, best way to put it. Where'd you get up to in Dead Zone, by the way? Where'd you stop? Oh, in like 10 minutes. Like, like I, I've oh. seen Dead Zone like so many times. Oh, okay. And then never mind then. But um, Wait, hold on. To make sure, when he says Dead Zone, he, he means Dragon Ball. Yeah, the, the movie. Oh no! I'm talking Those things about... you're talking about the Stephen King series, The Dead Zone. Is that right? Yeah, I'm talking about fucking uh, Christopher Walken. Dead yeah, Zone. Yeah, No, I thought the same thing at first when he said it, and then I realized, oh no, no garlic I'm talking about Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a there's a movie called Dragon Ball Dead Zone, and it's because there's a character or whatever garlic Junior and their bullshit, the Spice Boys, all that nonsense. It's that. Yeah, Dubs, when you said it, I instantly knew. I was like, oh, no, he, he's confusing this for the Stephen King stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. no, I was still I was still in anime mode. Uh, speaking of being in anime mode, I also watched uh, Golgo 13, the professional, an anime movie from the early 80s, and it rips. It kicks ass. It's so cool. Um, if you like stuff like uh, Fist of the North Star or even like something like Berserk, like, you know, kind of machismo, uh guy kind of it's not a shonen anime it's very serious there's a lot of titties in it a lot of guns and a lot of people get killed <laughs> but well, that sounds uh, great yeah that no it rules <laughs> it's free it's free on freebie anyone can watch it nudity cursing and all uh i highly highly recommend it it's 80s anime at its greatest i love it like i've also se- i've seen the golgo 13 series and really liked it back in college and i never got around to watching the movie uh, it famously is the very first instance of a CG sequence in a movie, at least in Japan, and it has aged poorly. It looks very bad when it comes up, but the rest of the movie is 
hand animated and looks fantastic. Like there's a really cool part where someone he's like, Oh, I need a fast car. So someone gives him a rally car and he drives it around San Francisco. It's, it's just really cool and really well animated. Um, and then he's like, you know, a lot of people get shot and it looks really well drawn. Uh, I really, really recommend it. That's that's the kind of stuff I'm all about, though. I love the Fist of the Morning Star movie. I'm reading Berserk again, thanks to Dubs. Uh, you know, I, I just I like that stuff. Um, I think that's all the anime related stuff. Yes, it is. I watched a movie from the '80s called Joysticks. Have you guys ever heard of Joysticks? Mm-mm. Well, I don't, don't bother. So. It sucks out loud. It's a bad movie. <laughs> it's basically um. The guy who made it, I was reading, like, the movie sucks, it's awful, but I was still um, interested in the fact that it existed, and I wanted to know, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff. The guy who made it, it came out, like, somewhat after Porky's. It's basically Porky's in an arcade, but it came out after Porky's, and it's like, oh, I need to make some dumb teenage boob comedy with nudity and fart jokes and and a, a mean old guy who wants to shut down the arcade. He's played by Joe Don Baker, though, so that's pretty cool. Um, but he saw, he like went to the premiere of one of his movies and he saw a bunch of kids plinking quarters in the arcade machines. And he was like, oh, I could turn this into a money making scheme. So he just took that idea and took the Porky's formula and made this movie about a bunch of teenagers in an arcade. And Joe Don Baker's pissed off and he wants to close down the arcade and they have to save it. And uh, it sucks. It's a bad movie. But I just felt like I, I needed to watch it because I'm interested in stuff like that, like 80s video game bullshit. And I was interested in film. And, but I don't recommend it. Don't watch it. It sucks. <laughs> what arcade games were in there? Um, it, The movie takes place in 1983. So it's like, you know, Centipede and Miss Pac-Man and, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Um. Whew trying to figure out what order to conquer everything else and might as well get this out of the way uh watch the abu dhabi grand prix formula one is over until next year i'm very sad um it was a good race though i did enjoy it uh, won the championship um i don't know some some guy a oh, max for stamping one he broke like he broke like uh, every record the most most consecutive wins most wins in a does he ever get bored of winning season uh most laps led in a season um it's the first time there's a one-two constructors drive the constru- one-two for a team. The constructors team won the drivers' championship. Uh, I know he doesn't get tired of winning. I'm pretty sure he's going to go win some other stuff because he's like real into sim racing and he does that in the off season. So I think he's just going to go do that. However, there are rumors that he and Fernando Alonso, my favorite Formula One driver, and some third driver are going to drive at Le Mans. <laughs> God, I want that to happen. That would rule. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It was it was interesting, and now I don't have Formula One to watch. I've been watching uh, some like old stuff, but n- nothing really worth talking about. Um, I guess that's a de- decent segue into. I watched. I've been watching Twitch. I, I put it in the document as Twitch trash. <laughs> I see that. I'm very interested. In what that's Twitch how much I is. respect. I'm waiting for you to be like, I saw you on camera, Chaz, as I was watching Trash. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the reason I I segue to that is uh, Lando Norris, one of the drivers from McLaren, was streaming. He's he's famously, he streams on Twitch once in a while. And uh, he was playing Fortnite, though. And I was just kind of like, who cares? I watched it for a bit. Fortnite looks fine. Like, I was like, yeah, Fortnite looks playable. And then they were like, hey, we're putting Solid Snake in there. It's like, 
Fortnite's pretty playable right now. <laughs> Fortnite announced they're releasing a version of Rock Band and their own version of Rocket League in Fortnite. Yeah, that's so weird. I don't understand what Fortnite is anymore. Yeah, I fucking said it. It used to be like, oh, I got shot at, so I built a, a hut. So I yeah, I thought it was fucking llamas and and people build houses and they where we dropping in boys. I don't know what happened. I'm so lost. I feel I saw, like a boomer left in the dust. I saw the newest trailer just because Solid Snake was in it. I was like, oh, I, I, okay, I'll watch this. I just was scrolling somewhere and saw it, and it's like really serious. Like the banana guy got kidnapped by someone. <laughs> I was like, what is this game? What the fuck? So they had. <laughs> So they have seasons like every uh like I don't know I think it's like three months and stuff, mm-hmm. and they always do like these weird uh, like storylines where uh like you said like the banana got kidnapped and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was hilarious because when the the, the new season that came out. I was like, oh, they're adding attachments. Fucking Solid Snake is in it. Like, what the fuck is going on? There's like a new movement, and the graphics are a little bit better than what it used to be back in the day. And then someone that I, you know, I'm friends with, I posted in there. He's like, oh, Fortnite's weird now. And I'm just like, I'm like, it looks good. It's a, it's, it's a game that like is breathing, bringing. That's what I like kind of respect Epic Games about is like they adapt well. <laughs> like, yeah. The fact that it is still like the biggest game on the planet, I think, mm-hmm. says something. Because you know, like PUBG had come and gone by this point in its yeah. life. And they're kind of still making Fortnite. And I really I do think like sixty percent of Fortnite's success is always, oh, I can play as Thanos, oh, I can play as Peter Griffin, oh, I can play as Goku. Like that I think that's a big part of it. But there's still something to be said for that. They're still making money hand over fist. So all right, keep doing your thing, Epic. Yeah, I was gonna say then, the reason the whole thing with what Dub just said makes me think of you know how like Facebook exploded and everyone used it and then everyone's parents got Facebook and they were like oh fuck it's weird. Mm-hmm. This is our version of that, guys. We're gonna see this and go oh that looks neat. We should try it and all the it's young kids are like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not gonna die. It'll stick around. That's what Facebook did. But we're all gonna be like oh god. And all get the- out of here, you boomers. We're gonna be like I was yeah fucking Gen Z. Yeah, exactly. It's like I'm not that old. And they're like yeah yeah you are. It's like like yeah. When when do you think Spider Man Two came to out? Some classical music like Nirvana. <laughs> Don't they, you mean Nickelback? <laughs> yeah, Nickelback's start, classic rock. They're gonna start putting fucking the Macarena and fucking the electric slide in there, and the kids are just gonna be like, "What the fuck is this dance move?" It's just it's basic insert meme of Steve Buscemi. How do you Don't do, fellow me. kids? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, that's right. Um, also one of the main reasons I put Twitch trash in there is I've been watching a new streamer called Condition. Bleem? Bleem? I can't remember which one it was. Um, it's just, I really like watching him because he, he plays a lot of the same stuff I like, but he's got a display that is just a camera pointed at a bunch of CRTs, and it looks so cool. And that's the whole draw for me. It's, his display is really, really impressive and professional looking. I just wanted to bring that up. He's he's a new and up-and-comer, and he's interesting and plays cool stuff in his display rules. So give him a, give him a check out if you like that stuff. All he's doing is uh, taking his webcam or whatever camera, pointing at his CRT TV, and getting a overlay of like uh, whatever monitors it is, 
and he has that overlaid on top of his web cameras. It's so simple, but it, it, he makes it look so cool. I mean, those are if I wish I could find the clip of it to show you. That's that's just an actual wall of Sony CRTs and a analog clock. Because every once in a while, when he's building like Gunpla or something, he moves it in front of it. And the only overlay is he has a dimming square over the analog clock because it's too bright. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's really cool. It's impressive. And plus, it's also like several hundred dollars worth of professional PBMs sitting there, which is interesting, too. Um, yeah. I also I watched a bunch of YouTube stuff for the same, like I'm a bullshit human and I just watch internet crap. But uh, uh, H-Bomber guy has a new video about plagiarism on youtube that i recommend it's very interesting I, I think it's trending so i don't know that he needs my help to promote it but it's really interesting it's the guy who made um that tommy tellerico video i showed you guys okay about the oof sound effect and then it becomes about tellerico it's kind of the same thing like it starts out about basic plagiarism and then blows up into well holy shit this is a serious problem kind of thing um it has that reviewer guy right that plagiarized someone yes <laughs> i guess i mean yeah, I don't, that was, it's vague enough for him to confirm <laughs> yes that is true i guess but and he well, goes over several different cases like um the, uh, all of uh, some writer for cinemassacre had uh plagiarized all of the reviews one year and it wasn't like the actual cinemassacre guys they'd hired some guy to do it and he plagiarized and then they had to scramble to clean up the mess and the internet historian um plagiarized a mental floss article and basically it winds up uh the whole second half of the video is all about the same guy but i don't really want to spoil it it's it's just interesting it's interesting the way everything comes together considering who h-bomber guy is and who he's talking about and like the the communities we're talking about it's just interesting how everything comes together and how it's presented and so um, I also watched, this isn't even worth talking about. I, I watched a bunch of stuff about card collecting. Um, as we all know, Chaz collects Pokemon and Magic and Lor Lorcana and fucking my, my Pony cards. He collects them all. <laughs> well, I, out of nowhere, at Walmart, decided I was going to buy baseball cards for some fucking reason. And, Good job. Uh, I bought a bunch of um, it's specifically Allen and Ginter cards, which are based off of cards that used to come with tobacco in the 1860s. And they all look uh, this isn't going to matter. Only you guys can see, but they all look really old. Mm -hmm. This is the oh, only okay. set I'm collecting. I just want the old ones. And they also come with uh, mini cards. Oh, you can't see it, but the, the, it's just like cards. It's like really small. I just like it. It's cool. But then they also have a bunch of weird random stuff in them. Like, uh, here's a mandolin baseball card. And uh, here's a baseball card with a barber on it. It's just weird and random out of nowhere stuff for no reason. What year? Um, and then I, after I bought it, I found out like a couple days later that my brother-in-law also collects these cards. So that kind of like helped. A, a big part of the reason I'm still buying Pokemon cards is just because of Chaz. If I was buying Pokemon cards by myself, I probably would have given up on them a long time ago. Well, it's funny because you're the reason I started buying them. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I still, you know, I wouldn't have made it. However, Tops, the company that makes those, of course, also makes Formula One trading cards. So now oh, I'm no. deep into that. Like, pretty, I'm pretty excited for the next, the 2023 stuff to come yeah. out. But uh, I used to think collecting magic or Pokemon was complicated. 
And then I started buying Allen and Ginter and the Tops Formula One cards. Holy shit. It is way more complicated because it's got like 12 levels of parallels, which is a card that is a different color and is special and has a number in the corner. Oh, it's not going to focus of like, oh, this this is card number 67 out of 199 in the world of Gunter yeah. Steiner, the team principal for Haas. whoop de doo but it's got those, and then it has all these subsets of cards that are styled to look like cards from the 60s, and then from the 70s, and from the 80s. And today, I opened my very first ever Relic card, which is a card, I'm going to describe it because no one can see it, but it's a card with a little inlay of a game, in this course, in this case, a race used uniform. Like They actually cut it up and put it in the card. Oh, that's that's cool. what I that, That's what I was going to ask, because... When I collected hockey and baseball cards back in 2012, um, they used to have like the the game worn jersey mm -hmm. as like a special, yeah. or a piece of a baseball bat was on. You can the, still get those too, yeah. yeah I'd love was, to pull one of those. That would rule. And I was gonna ask. I was like, F1. Do they have like a piece of the card? <laughs> like nah, just, and, just, just the rubber. Just, just yeah. <laughs> uh, jumpsuits and um, signatures. There's signatures in there. I haven't pulled one of those, but like I said, that's the very first relic I've ever pulled, and it's actually a driver, so I'm happy about that. It's not like Gunter Steiner's freaking polo or something, but now it's uh, Pierre Gasly. He's, he's, he's fine. You know, it's it's no Max Verstappen, but I'll take it. I was yeah. very thrilled, uh, and uh, I can still get relics when I'm pulling the Allen and Ginter stuff, but I, I haven't been that lucky yet. I, I'd rather, I think, I'd rather have a signature, maybe, but uh, who knows? But they're like there's one every other box in F1, so I can't count on getting them a whole lot. I want to get back into sports cards because those were fun to get. Careful, I mean, getting into any cards is. I mean, yeah. You said that about Pokemon though, and then you didn't you didn't follow through. So here we are. It's, yeah, I mean, Pokemon's like a weird. Pokemon's a weird gateway drug, and you have to decide: do you get the cards strictly for collecting or do you get them to play them? And that's yeah. what puts you down the rabbit hole of what other drugs you're going to go for. Yeah. Like I was always the, I want to play. So that's why I go. That's why you TCGs. went magic and Loracana. And I, just, I, I do actually kind of like to collect. So here I am with a bunch of baseball and F1 cards on my desk. But yeah. I'm happy with Pokemon as far as the collecting side. Like I, I, the baseball stuff, I, I never got into collecting that. I know my family, um, my dad collected a ton of uh, NASCAR memorabilia and like they had trading cards at one point and like mm -hmm. I, I had there's like a ton of that sitting like in an attic somewhere collecting a bunch of dust who knows what that shit's worth i'd have to probably dig it up but it's like i don't even want to touch it because i go near it and i'm like uh what what do i do with this and i'm not going to add to it so it's like yeah. uh but but yeah but yeah i had to watch a bunch of youtube videos to learn what the hell's going on in this hobby and it turns out a fuckload because, like I said, not only is there like a dozen different levels of parallels, but there's regular cardstock, and then there's chrome, which is nicer, and then there's chrome sapphire, and then there's um, I can't remember a uh, dynasty, which is two hundred dollars, and it has one card in the box, but it's guaranteed to be either a relic or a signature or both. Ooh, and most of them are gonna be well, maybe not most, but a lot of them are gonna be worth more than $200, which is how much a box is. But if you get, like, a Max Verstappen signature, it's worth, like, a grand. So that's the gamble. However, you can also get, 
like I was saying, like a relic from like Toto Wolf, like one of the team principals, and it's worth not a thousand dollars. It's worth you know a hundred maybe. So well, that's that's the gamble on those. And then uh, Allen and Ginter is the same. There's um the the packs you buy at Walmart are different than the packs you buy at a hobby store. There's retail boxes and there's hobby boxes, and then there's blast boxes and hobby boxes, and then there's seasonal sets. I mean, it's it's a headache. It's off. Do not get in sports card collecting. Do oh, so Magic started doing this. Magic started doing set versus draft, like for play, and then That's collector. They started doing the same thing because they wanted to increase the odds of what you could open, and they could charge more in those types of packs versus the yeah, ones that are strictly for drafting. Yeah, they the stole re- that from Tops. Then, so part well, part of the reason it happened, there was an infamous thing that happened in their Pro Tour. So the Pro Tour is uh, they they will do draft. Like so, part of it is draft, and part of it's constructed. And during one of the uh, the drafts for a Pro Tour, it was actually during the top eight. So this is literally the eight players playing to win the Pro Tour. They go to draft, and a player opens the most expensive card in the set in foil in that like rare like extra set. So it is worth a thousand as he opens it right away, mm-hmm. and he has to choose to pick that or the card that is correct for him to pick. Oh, I think you've told me this story. And he's on camera, so mm-hmm. he chooses the money card, and he still proceeds to win the pro tour, and then he <laughs> sells that off on eBay to what get like to charity. He sold it for like twenty thousand dollars, and. Like gave half of it to charity and then well, kept it's the other double half for special himself. because he pulled it at the event then right yeah yeah just didn't even get punished yeah like it was like you know like they kept it and dated it so magic wanted to avoid that type of thing from happening again mm. I guess because it was its big deal so now they have packs that are draft packs to lessen the likelihood of nonsense like that because also they knew where they were going they're going to start putting Optimus Prime and fucking every universe combined thing you could think of in a pack. And they don't want people just randomly opening a pack and going, Oh, well, do I take Gandalf or do I take the card that actually will help me win draft? Mm-hmm. So now there's draft packs and there's set packs that are more likely to have those things in them. Real but, life loot boxes. Oh no. What? Yeah, 100, yeah. They're, they're the original loot boxes. Oh, they're, they're the original. Yeah. This loot is where boxes. loot boxes stole the idea from 100%. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, yeah, Side note, by the way, I watched someone open up uh, magic uh, cards, and it's one of the Lord of the Rings where the one ring apparently is like worth a lot of money and stuff. Yeah, the dude was literally fucking shaking, <laughs> like he was like, like millions of dollars in his hand. It was like, no, I weird. get it. I've watched some videos of someone like I'm opening a base set. Oh, it's a Charizard, and they like they like grab the sleeve and they're like. And then they drop it on the table and like freak out. <laughs> it's very funny. What I love is when people people do that now with Pokemon cards and they will freak out. Go, yeah, yeah, and they open it up and the card they're holding might be worth a hundred dollars. Yeah, might be, but they're freaking out like that. Any let, let them have it. No, it's, it's great, but it's just funny. Like people like now look like, parody it. Like there, I just saw one the other day where someone opened it and they opened a pack. Uh, I think it was like Fusion Strike. And he's pulling, and as he's pulling stuff, like the shit that's coming out of it does not belong in that pack, and it's much rarer. And at the end, there's a first edition Charizard, and he's like, oh, "I'm shaking so much. This is great. This is a good pack." It was pretty funny. He's taking the piss on everyone, but no, it does put things into perspective a little bit when you step outside of Pokemon. I I was talking to my brother-in-law about it, and he like at the beginning of COVID started to get into it, and wasn't sure that he was committing to it 100. percent And then he pulled a card that was. 
it was like a, a gatefold card and it had two signatures and I think two relics in it. And it was, um, I think it was Mark McGuire and Albert Pools. I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's a pretty good one to get. Yeah. And then he sold, he, he, he turned around and sold that card for like, I don't know, 10 grand or something. And then Whoa. said, well, I've got all this money. I guess I'll buy a bunch of cars now. <laughs> so that <laughs> turned into the whole hobby for him. Yeah, that that does tend to happen. You you pull one, and then you're like, oh, I'll, tr- I'll sell this. But then you're like, oh, I can just buy more, and I'll get. I've got more. all this money now. You it's get like, hooked. Right. Oh yeah, you get hooked. That's, that's it's what happens. Like, I, I told you, like, textbook. That's textbook. What happens within this? You know. Well, that's mm-hmm. why I said maybe I'll get into sports cards because I don't buy like individual packs. If I'm doing sports, I have to get those big hobby boxes and open them up because you're guaranteed to get those special cards in there if you get Usually, the whole box. like i said in the in the in the formula one hobby boxes every other box is guaranteed to have a relic in it so even then you're gambling yep that's how it goes did you do yeah. anything else i see something else listed on there vghf so uh yeah um this is by the time this airs they'll be almost done with it so uh, i just want to this is news more than anything but also i've been enjoying it every single day the video game history foundation is releasing a new remastered video or footage they found, or here's an article from the nineties, or it's always interesting, at least to me. Like I love that kind of shit. I love video game history. That's why I forced myself to watch joysticks because it's tangentially related to video game culture, but uh, go to the video game history foundation website. By the time this episode airs, they'll be on day 24 of 24. I can't remember if it's 25 or if they're doing 31 for every day in December, but it's one of those. Um, there's going to be a ton of content on there. It's all going to be interesting and kick-ass. And um, this month, also, if you donate to them, I um, can't remember, is it one up or so someone is matching donations. They're going to, like, whatever you donate, they're going to double. So it's a good month to do that or join their Patreon. That's how I'm getting all this information and content, but it'll be on their website this month as well. So go check that out and you'll see something. I don't know. You're, you're listening to this from the future. So I don't know what all they're going to (laughs) release. Huh? Neat. But yeah, that's it for me. All right. I've got a big long list. I'll try to, I've got it like scattered everywhere because I just remembered stuff as it happened. So I'll try to, it's always hard to organize. Like I try to like do themes. That's why I jump around them. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try to do that. I'll stick with what I watch first. Um, I finally watched the Barbie movie. Um, it was good. Barbenheimer, this episode. Jeez. I know, right? Uh, Barbie was really good. I haven't yeah. watched Oppenheimer yet. I, I need to get to watch it. Uh, I made the joke uh, to of another friend that the, so one of our other mutual friends went on like basically a manifesto. <laughs> I wrote a manifesto why Barbie's like the best movie made in like the last 30 years. And I, I want to, I really want to believe that the only reason he said that is for a very specific scene in the movie that makes fun of men that go on uh, pretentious tirades about how good the Godfather is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd really like to think that's the only reason he thinks that, but I know it's more than that, but it's a very smart movie. I thought, I think it's really good. I, I really liked it. It's great. Um, yeah. yeah, it's very funny. Um, I have seen the new Disney movie Wish not once but twice. Um, <laughs> it is fantastic. Really? Because it's not doing well, is it? It it isn't, and that's more I think because people are poor and they can't afford to rent, so they can't afford to go to the movie theater either. Uh, but that that my take on that is more why go and spend money I don't have to go see this when I can watch it 
the thing that I'm already subscribed to, and it'll be on there in a few months. And actually, there's a trend now that a lot of Disney's movies like this have like not done great in theaters, and then when they hit Disney Plus, they explode. Hmm. Um, and Kanto was like the last big one that that happened. I saw that they're adding the new Indiana Jones like this week, like right before Christmas. And mm-hmm. I think they're hoping that's going to happen for that movie. Yeah, I don't know if it'll happen for that. Everyone's movie... going to be home for Christmas, and they're going to be with like with their parents, that movie was with whom they movie. watched the originals, <clears throat> and they're hoping it's good. Oh, we should watch the new one. Yeah. So not to spoil too much about the movie, but it is such a well thought out. Like it is just in itself just a, a, a Disney family movie that you know focuses on the same like types of things of you know someone that's a protagonist that's looking to change things and there's hope and uh, there's a lot of musical numbers which the soundtrack's fantastic um what's really cool about it it is the movie that is honoring their hundredth year of animation Mm. so the entire movie is just littered with easter eggs and references and then it turns out the entire plot and movie itself is actually a prequel to the original animated film that they made Oh, that's neat. Yeah, the entire movie is the prequel to Snow White. It is, and sorry, I ruined it for you guys, but like that, it, it was. It was. I didn't realize it, until, and we watched it a second time because my wife and kid loved it, and I liked it. Don't get me wrong, but I went back and watched it, and it was so much more enjoyable to watch it and pick out little things that they tied in. It is just a. It's a movie that was made by people that like clearly didn't feel like they were just pushed like, oh, make a movie to make money. Like they, there was a lot of well thought and like a lot of love put into the movie. I, I think it's a fantastic movie. There was a lot of emotional diarrhea. It's very good. Um, but definitely recommend go I would recommend anybody watch it in general, but especially with, with a kid. Is it on Disney it. Plus or do you have to pay twenty bucks or whatever? Oh no, it's in the, it's only in theaters. It'll be in Disney Plus in a couple of months. But right. so when the time comes, check it out then. But but yeah, we our movie theater here is like Gucci as fuck. So we had no problem. Like all the seats are like the full on recline, like padded leather. And they have, they like recline back, um, like power remote. It, it's like the, I, I don't know what, like who had the money to fucking build this. I guess Elon Musk owns the fucking movie theater, but it's a very nice theater. And for the price you pay for the tickets, it's not bad. So, um, I was pretty happy with that. But anyway, I'll, I'll stop stroking the Disney movie. Um, I watched Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas, which is the sequel to the Once Upon a Christmas. Um, it is not as good. I'll leave it at that. It is definitely more like, oh, kids will like that, but they do a newer animation style. It's oh, like that mid 2000s. It's eh, it's fine. Um, let's see. As far as other things I watched, I watched uh, the latest WWE pay per view, Survivor Series War Games, which was really good. And then CM Punk came back and everyone went fucking ape shit. Uh, which is nuts. Uh, but it's been really cool. Um, and Randy still, Orton came back too. Oh, Randy Orton also came back, but he yeah. got, I got overshadowed a little bit by by CM Punk coming back and setting wrestling on fire again. Mm. Uh, we'll see how all that goes. Uh, there was actually a dig last night. Uh, from uh, Drew McIntyre, he was like, "Oh, people just think they can go and and punch their bo- threaten to punch their boss and and get, purposely get fired and then come back to their old job and everything will be okay again." <laughs> Everyone was booing and they're like, "No, you take it back. He's our hero." And he's like, "I could be talking about anybody." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I thought that was pretty good. But uh, I've been watching Invincible season two, which has been really really uh, interesting. Uh, but it's it's still early on. 
Um, My Hero Academia Season 6, like the second part of it finally came up. I don't know why I'm still watching this show, but there's enough of it that's kind of neat. Like it's made that turn where I'm invested enough, I'm going to finish it. And there are parts of it that are kind of cool. But it's it's still just, eh. I think it's more like if it comes on, I'll watch it if I have nothing else going on. But it's, it is what it is. Um, my wife and I went to Asheville, North Carolina for her birthday. And we visited the Biltmore, which is that is the largest home in the U.S. And fuck me if that does not make you feel really small and insignificant. Uh, to know that horses 130 years ago were treated better than, than or lived better than I do now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's that house was nuts. Uh, and then there was a Hallmark movie that came out on my wife's birthday called A Biltmore Christmas, which featured none other than Commander Riker, Jonathan Frakes. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then... I got to meet him at GalaxyCon, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so, anyway, uh, I actually, I guess that's next. We'll, I'll talk about gaming and stuff toward the end. Um, it'll kind of tie together. So, I went to GalaxyCon in Columbus. Tons of celebrities and, and others that were there for photo ops, other stuff. I was mainly doing events and everything, but I already mentioned it already. I, I actually ran into Jonathan Frakes in passing. It was, I didn't, it wasn't like I get a photo op or opportunity, like it was just passing. Like there's a bunch of other things happening, but uh, I just was able to just literally just say, hi, I'm a big fan of your work. And that was it. So it was like that nerdy, uh, hi, 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 Kevin. I'm a fan. And that was it. And I got a nod and that was that. Um, well, it would have been funny if he cool. like turned around and he did like the, you know, uh, fact or fiction, make believe didn't happen. Oh, that's, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought of. I was waiting to make that joke. It was all a lie. Uh, made this one up. Oh, that's funny. Uh, but uh, so yeah, I went to this event uh, because there was a Lorcana tournament. It was going to be one of the largest Lorcana tournaments. Uh, the last one that they hosted because they've been touring the U.S. Um, was the largest one that's been held held so far in the world. Uh, this one was not nearly as large as that, but it was still a decent size. Um, and I did the same thing that I've been doing at these events, which is if it's a big, a bigger event, I managed to do just well enough to make make it close to top eight, but not quite. So I didn't get to, I got bubbled out, which is what we refer to as I got tenth place, um, which sucks. That's not bad, but it it really sucked. Like I sat down against my round one opponent, and they were like the deck that I've been playing is considered one of the best decks in the format. But it does auto lose to aggro, and that's exactly what my first round opponent was playing. So I was already put in a bad spot, and then I lost my second round. So I started 0 2, and then I won out the rest of my rounds. But because my breakers were bad, I ended up 10th place. It happens. It is what it is. But I had a fun time, met a lot of cool people. Um, I played in a Mortal Kombat 1 tournament later that night. And the very first round I played against the guy who ended up taking the tournament down and winning it all. And this guy smashed me like he the very first match we played. He got a double flawless victory and fatality me in front of everyone on stage while it was streamed. It was bad. Um, and then I kept playing through the tournament thinking, OK, I'm going to get eliminated eventually, whatever. But I kept winning and kept winning. Uh, and there were a lot of people in this event. So finally, this guy and I are playing and we're arguing about how many times we play is it best of three is it best of five usually when you get to, to the later parts of the, the rounds like your semifinals and finals it's best of five well i'm like there's no way we're at that point 
yeah, we were in the semifinals. I managed to beat enough people that I made it back to the semifinals, but there was that much skill difference between me at fourth place and first. So uh, I got crushed by the guy, by the way, that uh, that we were playing in the semifinals. So even between third and fourth, it was that far away. But mm-hmm. um, but still did respectable. Um, played a Smash Bros. 64 tournament and got completely dunked. That was great. Um, they did Drunk Mario Kart on stage, which was kind of cool. Uh, so I got to chug a beer on stage and, and get my ass kicked at Mario Kart. Um, and then I played the Pokemon tournament Sunday, and I won the, the Pokemon tournament. So that was oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, so that was kind of neat. Uh, I got a box and $100 credit to the place holding it, and I sold the box for $80. So, hey. And then I turned around and spent that on cards. So, see, it's that system. Yeah, there there's you go. More yeah. cards. <laughs> oh, look, look, a windfall of real cash. Time for more cards. <laughs> yeah, that, that could just be so many Charizards. Um, so one of the other cool finds I had while I was there, I, I did a little bit of shopping and found a couple things uh, that were neat. But, uh, of course, we noted earlier the pocket analog. So going on the hunt for uh, different games. And I found a copy, original copy of Pokemon Fire Red that doesn't have a blasted battery. Uh, it it's working and functional. Uh, now, we tested I wanted it. to ask you: Is it a new replaced one, or is it just one that's still good? It's one that's still good. Oh. That, at least that, that is what I was told. Uh, now, um, yeah, I, I think that the the which I felt like they were reputable. It's it's a company that I've like it's a little bit bigger that I've bought from before. They're located out of Tennessee. Um, I've bought cards from them before, but uh, they. Uh, had on it like original, like it's still original battery, but still operational. And you know, they you get so many hours out of it. But I load the save file, which I've shared this with you guys. And you know, you see like the Pokemon thing where it tells you the trainer name and how many Pokemon they caught and their badge number. This guy had the full Pokedex and his name was Jesus. <laughs> so I get into the box and the box is full of Pokemon. He has all the Pokemon, right? But there's one box that's marked question mark because he's labeled the boxes. And the question mark box has like 15 Pokemon. All of them are shiny. And all of them belong to, when you click on a Pokemon summary, you can see who the original trainer was. Because when they're traded, there's still something to mark what trainer they came from. All of these were from the original trainer, God. Now, the question is, is that his buddy? And it was like, oh, my, my trainer's name is Jesus. And his friend was like, well, my name is God. I, or is yeah. this one of those weirdos that has several copies? And like, this one's Jesus, and this one's God, and this one's Yahweh, and this one's something this, else. This feels like that. Now, I didn't get in there and like see that, you know, none of the Pokemon were named racial slurs or anything dumb like that. I didn't get like in there and someone was named, you know, Boob Kiss. Like, I didn't yeah. see any weird nicknames. It's just the Pokemon were there. But it was still funny to see that they were Jesus and God. I'm assuming the guy just had a copy of Leaf Green or Emerald. Yeah. Like, something like right. that. Uh, and was trading with himself like a fucking loser. Yeah. Uh, but uh, now I'm stuck with this situation where I probably need to trade some of these Pokemon and eventually, like, move them up so I can get them in my Pokemon bank and then start the game over. But I'm really itching to just play the game. Don't. Don't do it. Those aren't your Pokemon. They're ill-gotten gains. Restart that game right now. You delete okay. that file and you start anew, fresh, well, that, clean, well, like uh, a virgin babe. <laughs> okay. okay. You should delete it and then contact the guy that you bought it from and be like, hey, whoever sold this to you, tell them fuck all your Pokemon. I, 
I mean, that guy knew that was going to happen when he sold it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I killed Jesus, and just <laughs> boom, done. Yeah, uh, yeah what's going to happen is I'm going to do that, and three days later, I'm going to open it back up, That's and the original save files back. I'm like, fuck this guy, get out of here. I just want my Magikarp. I'll go uh, ahead and let you know, uh, and any, well, I mean, just you, I guess, you and Zach. I can replace those save batteries if you want. I know how to do it, and I got the equipment. Sweet. Well, that's good to know. So if you ever buy one, if you can get a better deal on one that's dead, just get it to me. I'll fix it up for you. Awesome. That, that is good to know from the future. You know, it's funny if like you delete the file and then you go outside and there's a burning bush. That'd be that'd freak me the fuck out. <laughs> or a burning bush. You hear like Chaz? Why are you covered in like boils? Like I got attacked by locusts. <laughs> no, <laughs> the fucking plagues are coming after me because I deleted the file. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I, I plan on deleting it after I finish the game I'm playing now, which currently is Castlevania Circle of the Moon, which was the first game I played on Game Boy Advance, and I still had it. Um, and I'm pretty close to the end. I only have um one boss before Dracula. Um, but I still have a ton of stuff to do. Like I, I, I have less than yeah, half of the games go for sure. Yeah, I have less than half of the card system. So if I want to like get all the cards, I can. That game is kind of strange in that way. Like they have this whole system that exists. It's very, very secretive and non-specific on how you get the cards that you get. They're incredibly powerful, but there's no guide at all in the game to to make it easier to get them or anything. And you can totally blaze through the game without ever even using them. Um, so it's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, it's still a fun game though. Um, I also have, uh, one of the cartridges that plays like a bunch of NES games. So I played through and beat Contra and, uh, I got pretty far into the original Castlevania. Um, but I did not finish it. How far? Uh, Did you get to death? I got, uh, yeah, I got to death. That's where, that's where, that's where where many playthroughs fail. You you got to take the holy water to death. That's how you get past him. Well, I, I don't even actually. I didn't because he's what stage six or stage seven. I don't right? remember that much. Huh? I don't. I don't. I didn't actually get to death. I got to the oh, stage because okay. death. If I remember in the original, death is before Dracula. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I was in the second to last stage. I didn't get to him. I just like died trying to get to him, and then like something else came up, and I was like, ah, shit. I gotta. I'll do it again. Kind of the same but, thing happened. I got. I got past death, and I got to Dracula one time. Uh, Zach was there, and I wish he was here to back me up because that totally happened. But uh, I, we had a, I had a bunch of friends over, and it's like I'd been playing the game for a while, and everyone wanted to see me beat it, but I died enough that like people lost interest or were going to do other things, and I was like, "Fuck it, I guess I'll go play pool and drink." So I did. <laughs> Side note, by the way, did you see the new Contra remake that uh, Konami's uh, doing? No. No, I did it, not. That that sounds cool. Check the trailer out after this. Uh, Shit, that means there's still hope. Maybe Castlevania's coming back too. Yeah, maybe. One can only hope. I mean, you would you would think that they would go for that given the success of the series on on Netflix. But well, did the Castlevania collection make money? Did anybody know? Oh, the uh, Game Boy Advance collection. Yeah. Or the, I mean, yeah. I, I mean that one. That, both of them came out. I mean they've been out for years, but yeah, those, those games have been just like anytime they release that, they can release the same fucking collection of games just repackaged, and people will buy it. I am I am people. I will buy it. So yeah. I, I know this. Uh, but yeah, I feel like they they have a home run there if they just made a new game and just didn't let it suck. Yeah, people rebuy Skyrim like a thousand times. I'm pretty sure people. <laughs> yeah. Do oh yeah. Well, what happens if we release a good game? I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, if they really want to get a lot of dunking on Skyrim, it, it didn't deserve that. <laughs> yeah. I, no, it's it's fine. It, it's just kind of funny. You take the air to the knee. It is what it is. Uh, it, it would be great if they just went ahead and like were able to mend the bridge with Igarashi and get him to come back and make a Castlevania game, but I don't know if that'll happen. Watching that retrospective, I, I don't see him ever coming back to do that again. And he's clearly had his own success with Bloodstained, so um, that's unfortunate. But uh, Konami burned all of its creative bridges. It's on its own now. If it's going to get these IPs back on their feet, they need to find fresh new talent because Igarashi's not coming back. Kojima's not coming back. Silent Hill guy whose name I can't remember isn't coming back. Those, those guys are gone. They they gotta it's it's gotta be built on the shoulders of new guys. They yeah. need to be like they need to do like the Avengers and have like you know fucking Hideo Kojima be like Iron Man and the guy who did Castlevania be fucking Captain America and just form a little group. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so one thing I know we got a little track just talking about random stuff, but one other thing I did at GalaxyCon that was super cool. I got to hold an Alpha Black Lotus. Wow, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, was it there for sale? Did they like it, have it in a vault? It had it. It was on sale, but it was like in like the Fort Knox of PSA slabs. Like it, like I have never seen a slab that was alpha. Thick. Yeah, it was an alpha. Now it wasn't actually graded. I said that, but like it was just like in one of those. Like you know how you had the uh, the relic card and it was in a case. Yeah, like uh-huh. think of that, but like ten times as thick. Like I was holding a cube that had this card in it, basically. I believe it. Uh, probably, yeah, but yeah, they had it there and they had it marked. They had a little press tech sticker, two hundred fifty grand. I was like, fuck. Yeah, that was kind of awesome. Um, they did also have some first. Uh, actually, I I was really tempted. Um, to buy got, uh, the Charizard. What was the probability of you buying that? Was there any percentage? The Lotus? Oh, zero. I I don't have oh, that zero. money. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Dub's a little life advice. Do you want you a can, Lamborghini can, or do you want one playing cards? Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of like you can't buy something with money you don't have. Actually, I say that, but I mean we are proven time and time again that's not true. But, uh, but yeah, I would go into a lot of debt. Uh, but. No, there's no chance. <laughs> it's a fair question because I'm about to tell you how I was going to buy a first set Charizard, and they had one, and they you had it. One though. No, I don't have a first set. Do you not? I have a Shadowless. You I don't have, have a Shadowless. Okay. I don't have a first set, which I we're going to get to that because I, I my news. It's funny. Time time fucked with things this weekend. I had the opportunity to buy one, but I promised myself I hadn't earned it yet. I had to pass my boards. I found out today that I passed my boards. So I'm buying a fucking Charizard. It's happening. I thought you were going to Mania. I'm going to go to Mania too. I'm doing both. Doing I'm, fucking, I'm going apeshit. I bought a new computer doing that. Yeah, we're living life. So we're, we're buying one. But they had one for seven grand that looked beautiful. Uh, it wasn't graded though. It's the only thing that makes me concerned is that if I just missed one little thing, suddenly it throws it all off. So it's probably for the best. Like it'd be much better to buy one that's graded because then I know that you know, I'm I, what I'm getting. I can look at um, another thing that sucked was there was a place. Oh, what was the name of this store? Because I've seen them before. They they actually have worked Pokemon events. So I need to remember this name and dodge that store. But they had a whole like little vault um, or display case full of first eds that I needed. Like legit, like 20 cards. 
like 20 or more that I needed. And they were all like kind of like marked at a high price, but I was like, all right, I'll look at some of these. And the guy, he had a Blaine's Arcanine. This is, this is exactly where things fell apart. Like I look at two or three of them, like, man, these look really good. And then he hands me Blaine's Arcanine, like in a little sleeve. And he's, oh yeah, we have multiples. And I pull them out. And then I realize why they look so good. They are fake as shit. Because the back, they are like cut in a weird way that are clean. They're rounded off the wrong way. And I, I realize bring stuff like that to a show and get away with it. Because there's going to be yeah. like 600 people there who can look at it and immediately know. So I told the guy, I was like, oh, I got I just faked a phone call. Because I had already had this guy pull like a thousand plus dollars of cards and set them aside. And then I was like, yeah. hey, I'm getting a phone call. I'm going to go and answer. I'll come right back. And then I just never came back. Ah. I was so disappointed because I was like, fuck. I, so many of these cards. And I know like, you know, people were probably like, have that list of things for gift buying and stuff, but yeah. that be damned. Like that many of my, my needs are right there. I could get it. And I, I was like, Oh, I'll do this. But I didn't, I didn't buy after I realized they were fake. So that, that was kind of a bummer, but the, the black Lotus thing was cool. I also ran into the guy that owns super retro land, which I didn't realize until we were talking that he is based out of Parkersburg, but they strictly yeah. only do shows. Uh, cons they used now. to have a storefront, not anymore. Yeah, he and I talked about it. He was like, "Yeah, we made, we probably made like decent money." He he gets to travel the country now, mm-hmm. and they make better money, but his lifestyle is a lot better. In his own words, "Yeah, the money was about the same, but I didn't want to kill myself now, or I don't <laughs> want to kill myself now." That's, that's how he Pretty put important. it. And I was like, "Well, do you ever like buy collections on the side?" And he's like, "No, you have to just come to a con we're at." And I'm like, "Shit, I I will find you and bring my stuff because I have a shit ton to sell." I mean, he, that, he extra announces chat. on Facebook where he's going to be all the time. It's pretty easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got them added now, so I'm following them, and uh, I'm going to keep up with that. But um, let's see. Uh, I'm really close. I'm so close to breaking Grandmaster in Pixelborn. I have hit uh, uh, I've hit Master, and Grandmaster is literally like top 50 players in the world or sitting there like it's literally like a you hit that list and then like it's their whole ranking system changes now i think now there's like a hundred it's over a hundred actually it's like a hundred and i think it's 106 people were grandmaster uh and almost all of them like exclusively like stream and stuff but um i have hit a wall i'm master three i cannot get past master three every time i i go on a win streak to get a few points i you now the problem is a loss you lose more points than what you gain when you win so you have to go on winning streaks to actually incrementally build up. And for every time I'll do that, I'll go on a few losing streaks and then it's just done. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to break into that yet, but it's still neat that I'm, I've made it that far. Cause I like some of these people have like thousands of games played and I've, I looked and I've only registered like 182 games or something. Hmm. So that's not bad, but um, I don't know. I'm going to keep pushing on in that though. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. I know. I think that's it. I'm sure you guys are probably tired of hearing me talk about all this crap, but, uh, Oh, Oh, I do have one more thing. Uh, so magic, we were talking about the black Lotus thing, but check this out. So remember I bought back into magic. I played in that event, right? Uh, that invitational. So I had to buy in order to like play the events that I did. I had to buy both uh, a deck for one format and a deck for another format. And on Monday, they announced, announced banned and restricted announcements. Both of my decks got fucking banned yesterday. So literally the two decks that I spent, like, I don't know, $2,000 to buy, like, collectively, are now banned. And you can't sell them for that now because no one wants them. I mean, there are, to be fair, a lot of the cards that are valuable 
are cards that translate over. So I would get most of my money back, but those specific cards, yeah, they're so fun, fun times. Eh, That's I wore my the lesson. Way it goes sometimes. Yeah, it's it's. I've been on the other side where I've sold something out before, while it was like on the high rise, and then it gets banned. So I, I've been on both sides. Was Virgil but, like GalaxyCon? Hmm. Was Virgil uh, like? If he was, I didn't see him. <laughs> uh, funny enough, Kevin, proud, I guess. I just Kevin Nash canceled last minute, so they called Scott Steiner, and he was like, "I'll be there." And Scott Steiner legit just sat at a table by himself, like like no one came to talk to him. It felt really bad for him. Why didn't you talk to him? Because I heard this from uh, my uh, little brother that came with me. And he's like walking around because he wanted to go and meet Lita and, and Trish. Mm. Um, Lita's like his hero. So he went and did a lot of that. But I'm in the middle of playing all these card games. So he's like text messaging me and sending me pictures. And there's like this picture of Scott Steiner just like looking at his phone and like nobody's interested in coming to talk to him. I like felt bad. I think it's because people didn't know he was going to be there. Oh, like it was so literally no like came in, in the Steiner headset. Yeah. And, and, well, mindset, mindset. Nobody yeah, wanted to say big, big Papa Pump. Fucking Steiner math, fucking. You know, if no I had time, math if yeah. I had time, I would have walked over, had him sign something, and said nine days a week, baby. But oh well. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised by that because, like, you know, I I'm not a wrestling fan, but I know enough about it to know him and some of his famous promos. Like, I figure that would have been pretty cool to meet him. I would yeah. want him if I ever met Scott Steiner. I would get a picture of him uh, and then make him sign. But I want him to write the Steiner math. The whole thing? Oh no, just the yeah. numbers. Just the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> that would actually be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, can you sign this? But I don't want your name. I just want your weird equation. Just... You, no, you go up to him and you say, "Remember your Steiner math? Show your work." And then you just slide <laughs> it to him. <laughs> Have him on the. Can you put on the back? I'll see you at sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> and my name is Joe. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That that is the one bummer about the GalaxyCon. There were so many opportunities to go meet a lot of people. Uh, it'd have been really cool to go do, but again, my mind, I didn't even know signing up for these tournaments that that's what this was going to be like. I didn't even know that I was going to be able to turn stuff in. There were a shit ton of places that were like, "Yeah, we'll buy everything you bring up there." So I didn't bring any cards to sell. I didn't go and meet these celebrities. Uh, yeah, I missed out on that. It's hard. I know the way. You know, I've been to the Magfest with you. And it's hard when you're doing those tournaments to also get to do you know, all the six other things you want to do because that sets yeah. up a boatload of time. It does. It does. You got to pri- You got to like pick and choose, right? Prioritize. Mm-hmm. I, d- I do remember. I do have one final, final thing. This I swear this is the last thing. This yeah. one's a different one because we typically don't talk about these types of things. But I have a food experience to share. I had kangaroo steak. Neat. It was weird, but it was very good. But yeah, we were at a, we went to a fancy steakhouse and they had a bunch of exotic meats and one of them was kangaroo. It was the only one on the list that I hadn't had and I was like, did "What's it this say taste kangaroo like?" Or did it say roo steak? It said kangaroo and I asked, I was like, "Is this really kangaroo?" And the waiter looked at me like I was retarded and I had to be like, "No, really though. Like you're not like bullshitting me. This is really kangaroo." And he's like, "Yeah." And I asked like what it, like what it would taste like and he said, "Well, it's it's gamier than the the elk or bison." They were on the menu as well. It tastes like chicken. Mm, <laughs> but uh, it has a. He also said that it has a very iron heavy taste. I guess there's a very high iron content in kangaroo, uh, and they're not kidding. They they recommended it be made medium rare, which is funny because 
most of it was medium rare, but the very tip of it was just straight up bloody rare. Um, and it did. It tasted like I was sucking on a wound because like there was so much iron in it. Like huh. it, it had a very potent taste, but it was good. It like I mean, it was delicious. I don't How have much no regrets. Did you put on it? Oh, zero. <laughs> yeah, when like when you're somewhere like that, it's it's already seasoned the way it is, and they it was like a sauce they they recommended. It was like a brandy sauce that they put on I'm it. it a, like, I'm oh. that type of person to be like, "Where's your A one?" <laughs> oh no, I get it. Like most places, if I go, like Andy's been with me before, and you could he could uh, vouch for this. Don't talk I'm about friends. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm going. Uh, one of our other friends gets so pissed, and now I just got to do it as a trolling thing. But if we go to like a Brazilian steakhouse, you know, you have all these fancy meats, and I'll go over and get a side of ranch from the salad station and bring it back, and I'll just dip meat and ranch, and I'll just look at our friend just to piss him off. Like I've moved past that now. Like I, my palate's matured to the point that I, I will eat other things and not just dip it in ranch like a fucking trailer park kid. But that's what I used to do because I was a fucking bottle kid. So what, what else am I gonna do? You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, oh, he used to get so mad. He he just look at me and say, "I'm so ashamed of you." <laughs> but but yeah, anyway, that's that's what I, I've done these past few weeks while we've we've been off. But but yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, like I said before, uh, everybody have a merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, and a happy New Year. Uh, we will be back with some Twilight Zone episodes. Me and Andy are going to be up first as far as our two episodes. Um, so I'm excited. I can't, I think I'm going to theme my two episodes and I'm going to theme them together somehow. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I will. We'll see. Uh, But obviously PP dubs is going to take us out and we will see you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening. Bye. Happy holidays. Ho, ho, ho. I hope Zach has a speedy recovery he will be missed. But he will be back and is coming back for blood to inject his lethal poison. Oh, sorry got too out of hand there. Those shorts were good, and that final ranking was interesting. If you want to catch more Big Trouble in Little Podcast, follow them on Spotify and iTunes and give them a good review. They are also on Twitter at BigTroubleNet. Next week we go into weirdness with Twilight Zone. And to everyone, have a Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho!